0: Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Greg talks about his new Jeep Gladiator and his business, UndergroundGraphics.com. This week in Jeep, we hear about a special Jeep build that was stolen and how you might be able to help find it. Also, the war is finally over. FCA and Mahindra have finally come to an arrangement, and we'll have the details. It's not as open and shut as you might think. Wrangler Talk, it's all about emissions, the O2 sensors, and the catalytic converter. Bill takes us under the Jeep to learn about these components, how they work, and how to tell if they're going bad. Nikki G stops in, and we're not sure who keeps inviting him and who the hell brought in the pickled eggs. Sammy's talking about upcoming travel plans and about a new Jeep acquisition. It's going to be a blast from the past. All that and more on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show.
1: You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
2: Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And
3: Tony.
1: I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself.
0: This week's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, Wrangler Off-Road Parts and Accessories Outfitter. Stay tuned later in this episode to hear about their inspiring Wrangler Photo Build Hub.
3: What I tell you about uh, clothing uh, malfunctions during the start of the show? Get all that stuff out of the way before we start. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven, driven anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Timmy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Jeeps?
0: Oh, it's definitely Jeeps.
3: Jeeps. All the Jeeps. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Tony. Not Anthony, not Antonio, Tony. But I will answer
0: to two other names bubba and the dinner bell hey you that's that's mine that's mine (laughs) gotta go hey i'm josh and uh no i don't need a hug maybe a cold beer a hot steak and a full (laughs) tank of gas would be nice though well you know you you play your hug right you
3: could get a full tank of gas (laughs) if you get my my meaning beggars can't
0: be choosers (laughs) local jeep news
4: national jeep news and news
0: from around the world it's this week in jeep Oh, it's finally over. No, not my involvement with the show, honestly. Uh, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you've likely heard us report several times over the years about the name Mahindra. It's a little company that has been making Jeep-like off-road-only vehicles since the early days of World War II. The crux of most of the news stories have been focused on the issues that FCA has presented with how much a Roxer looks like a Jeep, citing the trademarked seven-slot grill as the main point of contention. The seven-slot grille is a tried and true trademark symbol of the Jeep, and FCA wants there to be zero room for confusion and has taken a zero-tolerance stance on this. This has forced Mahindra to take the defense on their manufacturing rights. Ultimately, it would be extremely hard to confuse a willy-sized, off-road-only, not-street-legal Mahindra Roxer with a modern-day Jeep Wrangler. But any degree of that whatsoever is what FCA has been trying to fight to avoid. There has been enough legal back and forth between Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and Mahindra over the past two years about all of this to write a book about. However, it appears as if things may have finally come to a close. Mahindra has been working very hard to make amends following the final meeting with the United States International Trade Commission, or ITC, judge. After FCA publicly claimed it would actively pursue an aggressive stop-sale order on the Roxer, Mahindra went back to the drawing board and created a completely redesigned version of the Roxer front end, all new for 2020. After all, FCA has the financial backing to take a stop-sale order to its finality, essentially ruining Mahindra. Obviously, wanting to avoid a catastrophic shutdown in manufacturing, Mahindra went back to the drawing board, kind of and came up with a solution to appease Jeep and FCA, but in the process may end up pissing off another well-known automaker. We'll get to that here in a second. <laughs> oh, no. Now, the Rocks are now sports a different front fascia and retains a pr- uh, pair of round headlights just like the previous design, although there are no slats in the grill like those that strongly resemble past Jeeps. Instead, the headlamps are inside the black grille with body color surrounds as part of a design that is now... Admittedly, almost identical to the classic Toyota (laughs) Land Cruisers. Now, I'm not sure why they. Really? I'm not sure why they just didn't come up with something more, gee, I don't know, original to maybe avoid repeating the mistakes of the past? But no, the formerly almost CJ looking rocks are now almost completely mirrors the front end of a Land Cruiser or even a modern day FJ Cruiser. The back end, the sides, and the windshield are still very reminiscent of the old CJs or even the old Willys, but now with a bastardized Toyota front end. It's something to behold, let me tell you. We'll have a pic of this on our site if you want to point and laugh at it yourself. <laughs> so, you know, I can't help it. And I
3: know this is an original idea. Several of you have, have probably already come up with this, but I'm thinking five slots, Josh.
0: You know, and the, I mean and the it, two it,
3: slots on the side are, are significantly shorter, a maybe of squares, maybe half uh, you know, maybe half as rectangles. Maybe half as short as the middle slot and the middle slots kinda long.
0: Oh, I get what you think. <laughs> <saying. laughs> Yeah, you gotta wait for it. You gotta wait for uh, it. I'm uh, slow, but I get
1: there. I get there. I get there.
0: <laughs> no, it's I. I do like the new design in the sense that it's not Jeep. Uh, in, in that I'm glad Mahindra decided to you know completely step away from that, but they step right into the pool of Toyota. So I, you know, I don't know if Toyota is going to make a fuss about this. I don't know if it's ever going to become an issue. Uh, it's certainly not original. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. But uh, but at least uh, FCA is off their backs now, and, and we can sort of uh, arrest that, uh, that this war is over and we don't have to have to worry about it anymore.
3: Well you know I'm happy to hear about that, but I, I'm a little confused I do, do not have the uh, Rock Sor, uh, original grill in, uh, in front of me right this second, but I don't remember it being that the it just to me, they the the slots were longer in some places and shorter than others, and maybe I'm remembering wrong. But to me, it didn't look like a Jeep front end. But I'm well, I'm, was, I'm hoping somebody aftermarket is going to make an exact Jeep front end that you can no, take sure. this one
0: off <laughs> and put that one on. You know? <laughs> I, you know, I'm wondering if an actual CJ grill will will find bolt holes that, would be that cool. line up. you yeah. know, that that sort of thing. That'd but cool. uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, likely if you have a you know 2017, 2018, an older model rocks or. Uh, that might work. Now for the 2020 redesign, uh, you know, likely the stuff behind the header panel is is going to be all different, and you're not going to be able to to sort of make that modification. I don't know. I don't even know if it's possible, uh, and I doubt anybody listening even has a Roxer, But uh, but nonetheless, hey, if you do, let us know. We'd love to hear about it.
3: I wonder how much it would cost uh, for me to have several hundred of the uh, uh, the Fu uh, grills I was suggesting <laughs> made up in China.
0: <laughs> okay. It might be worth looking into. I don't know. Nice Jeep talk show ad-on for your rockser. Well, more Jeep thievery, but really, are we going to call it this? You know, I get reports each and every week about a Jeep theft, one or the other. Sometimes it's in the news. Sometimes it's just a Jeeper coming out to find their Jeep gone, and they want to throw as wide of a net as possible in the hopes that somebody will see it and report it. I know that if your Jeep was stolen, you'd likely want as many people as possible looking for it, too. So when I saw a New Mexico report about another Jeep theft, I wasn't all that surprised. We have a lot of listeners in the New Mexico area, and there's likely a fair amount of Jeeps down there, so the law of averages would lead one to believe that Jeeps are among the more stolen rigs out there. But when I find out that the custom-built Jeep Cherokee XJ that was in the story was being referred to as a vintage Jeep, I was a bit taken aback. No, not my kind of Jeep. My kind of Jeep, the indomitable Jeep Cherokee XJ, is by no means a vintage vehicle. I mean, sure, it's 21 years old now, but that's hardly what I would call vintage. Nonetheless, the KOAT7 Action News team who broke the story was calling this Albuquerque family's Cherokee a vintage Jeep. Dominic Archuleta, the owner of the Jeep, had worked on it with his daughter to build it into the beast that it was. He told reporters that he thought it would never happen to him. But auto theft is a big problem in the Albuquerque area, apparently. And as Dominic came out to work, came out from work on January 23rd, he noticed the spot where his, he had parked his Jeep was empty. Nothing but a pile of shattered glass and a giant screwdriver lay where his Jeep once was. To him, it's not just the loss of a vehicle, though. It's an emotional loss, as it would likely be for most of us losing our Jeep. But this Jeep had a fair amount of sentimental value since he had spent the last two and a half years working on it with his daughter. They spent thousands of dollars together to build this Jeep for her as her first vehicle. They built it just as she wanted, with components that they had researched together and that she had picked out herself, and that they had even just painted it last week in the way that she wanted. Essentially, this was her Jeep, and the family is heartbroken that all their daughter may never get a chance to enjoy her hard-earned Jeep. Dominic and his daughter are not going to let this ruin their Jeep dreams, however. They're already looking for a replacement Cherokee to start the build all over again. In the meantime, however, the family has asked that you keep an eye out for it if you're in the New Mexico area. The Jeep is a 1988 Cherokee XJ with a brand new black rhino liner paint job with a rough finish. The inside of the doors are still painted the original white. If you see it, please call the police.
3: That's a shame. Rhino liner, too. I, I mean, I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, a couple of cans of paint and a brush, share a sure brush, oh, you know, uh, no, but no, this is nice stuff.
0: And it's, it's got a decent sized lift on it. I'd say at the very least a four and a half inch yeah. lift. Looks like he's got 33s on it. Uh, so, I mean, we're talking, you know, a very well built uh, Jeep. It's got a lot of components and stuff on it. And a lot of the stuff is brand spanking new. So, uh, this Jeep is definitely going to stand out. It's going to catch an eye, and hopefully somebody down in the New Mexico or Albuquerque area will notice this, call police, and we can get this back into the hands that it belongs to.
3: Josh, you have a, a pencil or something to take notes with uh, real quick? Well, oh, sure. You, I, always
0: got, I always got a little something I here. I want
3: you to scribble this down. Um, we need to come up with uh, – this will be perfect for your, your tech segments. We need yeah. to come up with several different ways of how to disable your vehicle. Um, you know, like uh, uh, putting a, a switch on the uh, fuel pump or uh, maybe a switch on the uh, the, the coil uh, that uh, that sends the signals to the…
0: Uh, the yeah, security ideas. Yeah. It's been a little while how since can, I've addressed how can we security disable
3: Yeah, how can we easily disable an XJ so that uh, maybe they'll, they'll move on or have to bring a flatbed to uh, take it away?
0: Not a bad idea, Tony. Thanks for the tip, and I think I'll add that in for uh, sometime in the next couple few episodes. So, you guys out there, be sure to keep an ear out. And if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say or whatever your response is by phone or by email. Either way, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. I'm sorry. I was
3: just going to say, and by the way, uh, I I don't know if you guys guys know or not, but I can actually see Josh because we use Skype. And even though we don't really send the video anymore, I, I, I can see what he's doing. And I, and when I said, you got a pencil, you know, write this down. I was just doing that for dramatic effect for the show. But but Josh actually, literally found a pencil, <laughs> got a piece of paper, and started writing this, this stuff down. And I
0: felt bad because I figured he'd go, yeah, I got a pencil. What? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so thank you josh here. that's great i appreciate well, no, that
0: I've, I've got this because oftentimes you know we'll, we'll get uh we'll get a call in from from a listener and, and he'll be talking about uh you know his vehicle and, and what's going on has a technical question and stuff and, and in order for me to sort of keep up and and uh and maybe even have something to follow up with i'll go ahead and scribble down a couple of notes and even if i might answer the uh, the question on the show live on the air uh, I may still follow up with an email, or or address it in a future Tech Talk segment in a little more detail, stuff like that. So I've got I've got a notepad here that I frequently use for for the show that uh uh that, yeah I keep handy for just these sort of things. Well, look at us, we're fifty percent professional here, and I'm talking know, about right? you. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we have an interview. Yes, interviews are back this time around. We've got Greg with Underground Graphics with us to talk about well, vehicle wraps and making our Jeeps our own. You're listening to a 4x4
2: Radio Network podcast. Damn it, Josh, you had me going there for a minute. I was like, I'm a new listener, and Josh is leaving? Damn it. <laughs> well, that was a good joke. Now I'll go back to listening to the rest of the podcast. See ya. Bye.
0: <laughs> What's he referring to? Bring the uh, the audience up to speed yeah if, if you uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our uh, our our normal time release, uh, it wasn't a full podcast. In fact, it it wasn't a show at all. Uh, I actually had gone through uh, some severe technical issues on uh, the day that we normally record the show and was unable uh, to even uh, dial in or talk with Tony uh, through our normal means. Uh, could not record the show. I just I did not have internet access. I was having some issues here. We had an area-wide outage that ended up actually affecting my equipment as well. Uh, So long story short, it has taken nearly 48 hours to resolve this issue. Uh, Could not produce the show on time. Having a show, late show release, so Tony and I decided to uh, have a little fun with the situation. Take the opportunity to play a little practical joke, a little maybe <laughs> uh, you know three or four month early April Fools' joke, if you will, a tester, a tester. And, a uh,
3: tester j- sure, April Fool's. <laughs> that's,
0: that's what we'll call it. We'll call it that. And uh, and so we had a little fun. And and Tony ca- called me uh, personally on on my cell phone, uh, and and I pretended as if I didn't know who it was at first, and that I was quitting the show. Uh, because, uh, the listeners aren't really in getting involved or, or, you know, i I just didn't feel like, uh, we I was getting anything out of the show and, and that we had sort of hit a plateau, uh, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a stagnation, if you will. And, uh, and so we had some fun with it, uh, you know, kind of took this along for several minutes before I broke down and was just like, nah, I, I was I'm impressed just as
3: hell because you, you can do voices and things, but generally speaking, as far as doing the, um, Ah, uh, the Emotional acting part acting. of it. Yeah, yeah. the the <laughs> acting part of it. It's it's uh you 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 kind of hold back. You don't. It's
5: like well, you no, do want to do go the too. Show. F-
0: well, that- know, I bring I bring myself to the show. I'm I, you know yeah I might do voices and characters and stuff like that here, but I'm bringing myself. Oh the no, show. So absolutely. You, guys hear it's me you. Talking, Yeah. You know, it's 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 me. It's my voice. It's my personality. This is who I am. Uh, and so, yeah, I've got to step out of that when I'm doing other things of different voices and characters. And and yes, there was a degree of some voice acting there to get to get that emotional. I was response. getting a little concerned
3: and, while we were talking on the phone. I'm like okay Josh uh, have you been bo- this bottling just, this up for a while yeah. this is this <laughs> is Josh okay. yeah this is a it's joke taking this seriously here <laughs> is he just gonna say <laughs> no, I'm done wasn't. and click and go oh, no but anyway that's what it was and that was a reaction from uh, from a listener about uh, listening to that I think it went on quite a while I think we went on about uh, uh, three or four minutes before you oh you yeah. said no, it was a good it was yeah,
0: yeah so minutes before I before I finally you know cracked down and, and broke that I was I was just joshing you guys <laughs> <and>, yeah <you> know, <laughs> It was all just a gag and stuff like that. But no, there were several people that 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 took it very seriously and and stuff. At first, we got a lot of responses. Yeah. a lot of people, uh, you know, engaging with the show uh, and been like, you know, ah, you got me. <laughs> you know, one of those type of things. And uh, and so yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the release that we had um, uh, earlier today or earlier today. Uh, before episode, uh, the before the episode of uh, release of episode four twenty one. Yeah, just, uh, that is. So
3: just go to the website uh, jeeptalkshow dot com and look for uh, episode four twenty one uh, major Jeep Talk Show announcement or major show announcement. One of those two.
0: Oh, jeez.
3: Yeah. So it was. It was. <laughs> so you got it? the
0: people on the site hooked too. That's, you, that's yeah, your <laughs>
3: internet was down. That's a major announcement. We can't do the show. Yeah, it, it's such a, so much more interesting than just eh. Josh's internet's down. We'll do the show later. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, no, we had to make something You got a little value so. add out of that one.
1: There you go. <laughs> one man.
2: Because with this guy, who is he? One mission. Who are we talking about? Who is this guy? Who are you, man? One model of Jeep. What is this? The Wrangler. Who are you? Call me Bill.
6: It's Wrangler Talk with Bill. Hello, JTS listener, and welcome to this week's Wrangler Talk, where we're going to be talking about the Wrangler's lovely exhaust system. Well, more directly about your catalytic converters and the O2 sensors that are associated with the cats in your Wrangler. So, first, what does a catalytic converter do and how does it function? Well, the most basic description is it's a really expensive piece of metal tubing that will make your Wrangler run like crap if it isn't working right. However, the true definition of a catalytic converter is it's actually an emission control device that reduces toxic gases and pollutants in the exhaust gas from an internal combustion engine. Next, you may ask, well, what does it reduce? Well, an internal combustion engine that we have in our Jeep use the combination of air, fuel, and spark to make all of those roaring ponies we love to hear. But during this combustion, not all of the fuel is spent, and some of the gases that are created during the combustion process can be very harmful to the environment. So through a great amount of heat and some precious metals that are housed in the catalytic converter itself, these harmful gases chemically react and create new byproducts that come out the exit side of the catalytic converter, which are less harmful to the environment. So woohoo, you know, but actually it is very important because the chemicals that are created in the combustion process are actually very harmful, even to humans. Some of the chemicals that are created are hydrocarbons, which are very detrimental to the environment around us. It creates carbon monoxide, which is not good for the environment whatsoever. That is actually the chemical that leads to ozone depletion, which we kind of need the ozone. And the other chemical that is created is nitric oxide, which is not good for even... No one to breathe, and it's very hard for any type of. There's basically, you know, how plants kind of filter out carbon dioxide, yet no plant or anything in the environment is actually going to filter out nitrous oxide. So, what happens when your catalytic converter actually goes bad, or in other words, stops working? Well, there are a couple ways that your catalytic converter can actually fail, and the main way is that there's no more material in the catalytic converter that can perform the chemical reaction that takes place in your cat when the exhaust gases pass through the cat itself. And when there's no more material in the catalytic converter to perform this chemical reaction, then you're going to need to replace the catalytic converter because obviously it's not going to work anymore. Secondly, they can become clogged. So when your engine burns oil or the air fuel ratio is not correct, the unburnt fuel or the oil itself will actually bond to the material that is housed in the cat and will eventually build up to the point where it starts to clog up the tiny holes that are in the catalytic converter where the exhaust cats are meant to pass through. And once again, unfortunately, your cat will need to be replaced in this situation as well. And finally, another effect of having an engine with an air, incorrect air-fuel ratio is that it can actually cause a combustion to happen in the exhaust pipe that basically unburnt fuel is exits your motor and sits in your exhaust pipe and due to the heat that is coming out of the engine, it actually ignites. And it, another terminology term... This is known as is backfire. And when it backfires, you actually, it creates a vibration in the exhaust and the catalytic converter, and it will lead to cracking and deterioration of the discs that are housed inside the catalytic converter. And eventually, they will break up into tiny, small little pieces that get lodged in the lower disc. That kind of happened to me on my big red yeah so my actually my catalytic converter on the right hand side was clogged probably to about 80 percent, and that is why my jeep was running like absolute dog crap it was terrible no acceleration whatsoever and it's kind of i knew that my cats weren't functioning properly because i actually had a check engine light yeah i know but still That's besides the point. I fixed it. I put new cats on and it is running like a dream now. So if your catalytic converter becomes clogged, you are going to have to replace it. Let me tell you, it's kind of a pain in the rear because those bolts are probably going to be rusted to all heck on the exhaust system as they are always anywhere on any exhaust. But that's besides the point. So now on to those pesky O2 sensors that can be a total pain in the rear. O2 sensors monitor the oxygen that is exiting the combustion cylinder or the combustion process. And it actually gives immediate feedback to the ECU to adjust the air fuel ratio based on the voltage readings of the sensor. And on newer Jeep Wranglers, we have a actually two O2 sensors and they're respectively called an upstream and a downstream O2 sensor. Both of the O2 sensors serve a different purpose, and the upstream O2 sensor is actually designed more to measure the exact air ratio that is coming out of the combustion process, and it immediately gives this information back to the ECU so the ECU can adjust the air-fuel ratio based upon the readings that the upstream O2 sensor is giving to it. Then the downstream O2 sensor also measures the amount of O2 that is exiting the catalytic converter. And this actually relies on the upstream O2 sensor as well to make sure that the catalytic converter is functioning properly and converting all those harmful chemicals and gases into less harmful gases to the environment. Secondly, the downstream O2 sensor actually measures the temperature of the catalytic converter too to make sure that the temperature in the catalytic converter is at proper operating temp to ensure that the proper chemical reactions are happening inside the catalytic converter itself so finally make sure your catalytic converters aren't clogged they're working properly and make sure that your o2 sensors are functioning properly as well there are a few simple tests to do with a scan tool that would give you a pretty good idea whether they're working or not although i'm already guessing that your bright yellowish orange light in the symbol of an engine is informing you that it isn't working properly as the same in my case. Yeah. It it's not fun. Your Jeep isn't going to run right and it's not going to sound right either too. Your exhaust isn't going to give that nice raspy sound or, you know, that quieter sound too. It you can even get a stalling effect from your catalytic converters being too clogged up or something of the sort. Thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk and remember, do you have any questions or comments about this week's talk? just head over to the Jeep talk slash contact and leave us a voicemail or send us an email. And we'd be glad to help you out with any questions that you have, except for the question of what is the meaning of life? And the answer to that question is to own a red Jeep and drive it hard. So talk to you next week, guys. Holy crap.
3: We're getting this, uh, secretosity thing going, Josh. We, we, uh, we actually had a caller, uh, call in about, uh, uh, using a 1999 header on an XJ, 2001 XJ. And we're going to be talking about the O2 sensors uh, with that. And there, Bill's talking about O2 sensors. What's going on? This is like a big-time professional uh, show type thing. Yeah, I know. No, it's, by it, it, accident. It, it,
0: the card's are <laughs> just falling into place. It's, every now and again, things work out that way. Yeah, so, but,
3: uh, but you guys didn't miss it. Uh, we're, that's coming up. I just think it's funny that uh, he's talking O2 sensors, Bill talks O2 sensors, and we're going to be talking about them here in a little bit. All right, guys. I want to tell you about the top five reasons you want sliders and not sidesteps. Is there, is there an easier way of, of conveying that? I mean, does, do you, Josh, do you think, uh, does everybody understand what sliders and sidesteps are? I would
0: think so. I would hope so. We've certainly covered the differences and as many options that are out there for for the various Jeep models uh, in previous episodes. Uh, And so you guys can go to our site and use our search function uh, to look up which episodes that we've actually covered things like armor and sidesteps and sliders and and stuff like that. If you're looking for a specific topic, you can use our search function on our website and find the show that you're looking for that covers that topic. So, these, uh,
3: the sidestep things that I'm talking about are the ones that kind of hang down, you know, and, uh, and usually made out
0: of uh, flimsy material. So, oh, uh, the, like the old uh, aluminum, like Smitty-built yeah. style, where it's just a single U-shaped, hanging, low-hanging step that people can use to, to easy, more easily get into a lifted vehicle. Yep, yep. So, these are the top five reasons you want sliders and not
3: sidesteps. Number five: sty- sidesteps often cost as much as sliders but are easily bent or damaged when the weight of the vehicle is
0: put on them. Yeah, because generally they're, uh, like you said, made out of a more flimsy material, yep. and uh, they're not meant to withstand like the weight of the vehicle or, or things like that. It's for like looks. So, I mean, really. As, it is primarily for looks or as, well, it, to do what they're designed to do, to just be a step. They're, they're definitely not armor.
3: Hold up to 250 pounds, which would be your fat ass getting in your Jeep. So <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Sidesteps are for old people and monster trucks.
0: How dare you! <laughs> you well, know, that's, and, you and that brings the bad. I, I can't <laughs> get
7: into this damn thing. It's, it's, it's seven feet in the air.
3: <laughs> but seriously, I mean, if you have enough uh, lift or ground clearance, you probably don't have to be concerned about stuff uh, like sidesteps hanging down, and it's probably a good idea for you to to have them there. But in jeeps, generally speaking, jeeps aren't raised that high. A few of them are, but most of the time. Nah, it's not so high that you can't get in, uh, at least as a driver, because you can just reach up there and grab the steering wheel and pull your ass up.
0: Yeah, not like a monster truck where uh, where a Jeep has got a lot more, more lower center of gravity. So even though you've got you know, big tires and a decent amount of lift, well, the body isn't that far up off the ground, much like a monster truck would be. You remember the, the, the good old days when monster
3: trucks, they drove around, they might uh, drive fast for 30 feet. And then they'd stop, and maybe they would even slide sideways. And now they're, now flip, they're doing flipping the damn and things and <laughs> corkscrews and cartwheels. Oh, awesome! I love oh, it. Oh, it's just amazing. It's like,
0: what's this? Well, we've combined the uh, X Games with monster trucks now, so uh, oh, yes.
3: it's just insane. I can't believe because it, it, if you guys don't know, go back uh, thirty years, I guess, and and see what they used to do. It's completely different now. It's amazing. Not much. <laughs> it's it, well, they look the same, but it's oh, amazing sure. what they're able to do with them. Number three, sidesteps only serve to hang you up when going over obstacles.
8: Well, what? Well, no hanging
3: fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, when you try to go over something, the, your idea of lifting the Jeep and putting bigger tires on it is so you can get over higher obstacles. You're less likely to get hung up. And your lowest point is usually the front and rear differential. But if you start putting uh, sidesteps on it, now you have to worry about the differentials and those sidesteps.
0: Yeah, as you go over an obstacle, the, the middle of your Jeep is essentially going to be the lowest point as you come into the highest point of that obstacle. And so if you've got something that is hanging a foot down from that point, well, I mean, come on, you're just going to you know rip that thing off or it's going to catch up. And yeah, you're going to hang yourself up on it. And not to mention, you're likely going to damage it and possibly even the, the body or frame of the vehicle. Uh, shearing that thing off like that, or catching it—it's right. just not designed to, to to you know handle up to that sort of stuff.
3: Oh, and it just dawned on me. Well, you know, you if you're going over a rock, you always put your wheel on the rock because now you don't have to worry about the differential getting caught. Uh, right. You know, if you do it right. But now, if you have those uh the 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 steps behind the wheel, well, what's going to happen when that rock gets past your your wheel and your tire, right there on the uh, side steps?
0: yeah I mean this applies to, you know, not just rocks, but also, you know, in embankment. you're coming down on a yep. uh, from a ledge or something like that. This ha- you know, even on on sand, if you're out in the sand, you're out in the dunes, stuff like that. You come up over a ridge. you're going to catch that step. Um, you're come on a trail. And you're coming down off of a ledge. You're going to catch a root or, you know, part of the ground or something like that. It's just going to be one of those things that's going to catch on everything number two, jeepers that go off road will know your jeep is a pavement queen.
3: So that's a good reason why you probably don't want to do that. You may not care, but but somebody sees that they immediately say, "Oh, that's not an off-road jeep." Or if it is, it ain't going to be going very far.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where you can definitely tell the jeeps that have been built to go off-road, and those who have been built just for looks, uh, because you can definitely tell. It's like, well, these uh, two bumpers don't have any uh, uh, any points. anchor points yeah. or tow points on them. You know, I know recovery points. Uh, it's got the you know the steps hanging down. Uh, they don't even have a spare tire. Uh, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, they got a bunch of uh, bolt-on chrome and, and, and stick-on chrome and oh, the, you know, it's, 27-inch wheels and the- Oh, uh, with the spinners,
3: two, yeah. The, the two inches of uh, tire, actual tire, yeah.
0: Don't even, look, it, build your Jeep how you're going to build Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And if, you, if, you, if you're not an off-road enthusiast, then by all means, build your Jeep to um, what makes you happy and what re- represents you and your personality and, and to each their own. Honestly, I have more respect for somebody who's rocking a Jeep- that they don't take off-road, who has built it for themselves uh, the way that they want versus somebody who built it to make it like somebody else's Jeep, uh, that sort of thing. So uh, pavement queens, are. there's nothing wrong with them, but uh, at the same time, uh, if that's not the image that you're trying to portray... I'd uh, be careful about what you're putting on your Jeep.
3: Yeah, and of course, we're here to tell you what you need to do if you want to go off road, and these are things that you can get caught up in because you see them and you think that looks neat. I'd like to do that. Oh, sidesteps. I've seen that. I'd like to do that. And and all we're trying to do here is not make you feel bad about what decisions you've made, but maybe keep you from making decisions that you just weren't aware of. You hadn't thought this uh, thought, didn't think about these things that w- would be problems with that. So, the number one things, number one reasons why you want sliders and not sidesteps, the only thing worse than sidesteps are the ones that automatically drop down when you open the door. You talk about flimsy.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about a very, very small linear actuator, um, or even just a motor and a set of gears that have a small arm that attaches to a step, and and de- these things generally do not Man, have so a very fan. high weight rating. Uh, they are generally thin because they are meant to tuck up against, yep. um, the, you know, the lower sill uh, of of the vehicle uh, and be very low profile, uh, so that you don't really notice them when you're just driving down the road. And then when you open the door. The electronics kick in, and this thing swings down, and there you go. You've got a little nice, handy step for you uh, to to get down out of your out of your big bro dozer. Um, and that's really about the only thing that I would ever put one of those things on. I put right. those things on. I'd uh, be something like that. Putting something like that on a Jeep. I mean, maybe if that Jeep is never ever going to see off road, because the moment that you contact that device with anything off road with any amount of weight on it, you're going to damage it. guaranteed. These things are just not designed for the rigors of off-road use. They will not protect your vehicle, and if they are in contact with vehicle weight and anything on the ground, they will be damaged almost immediately, and I can guarantee you they will not function properly. You're going to have issues with uh, them working at all, or they may not tuck up fully all the way or come down all the way. So there's just going to be a number of problems, not to mention these things are horrifically expensive and require, you know, a fair amount of technical uh, experience to to install. And yeah, not to mention the maintenance to keep the things uh, lubricated and cleaned so to make sure that they are working uh, properly throughout the life of the vehicle. So, just, yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, they're flashy, yeah, they may look cool, Oh, but it's a, man, it's a they, idea. yeah, sure, but just, really, they, they will not hold up to anything off-road.
3: Yeah, of course, we're just having some fun here, being all judgy, but uh, look at it this way, unless you really need help getting in your Jeep, sidesteps are a bad idea. Even if you never take your Jeep off-road, you may find yourself in an emergency situation someday, and that low-hanging fruit that Josh was talking um, talking about may mean you'll just be as stuck as that Honda with the wheels at a forty-five degree angle. Oh <gasps> Say my it isn't god! So. Why? Well, I, I just wouldn't want my, sh- my 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 shit. My Jeep <laughs> showing up in a meme sitting next to a stuck Honda <laughs> on a paved oh, service. You know? yeah. So no. Just like Josh said, you you have you have your Jeep. However you want to do it, you put the uh, the the big wheels and the little tires. That's absolutely fine. Hell, buy a Renegade. I don't care. But we're just going to give you some ideas of what you can do to have an off-road Jeep, so if you decide to take it off-road, you don't have to pull those uh, sidesteps off and put on a good set of sliders. And I'll tell you another benefit of a, a good set of sliders, especially the ones that have the, uh, the rub rails on the side, it's mm-hmm. great for people that don't know how to respect your vehicle when they open their door.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because I can door guarantee ding-savers. you, yep. you're not going to have any dings on your vehicle, and the door of that asshole is going to have a nice big chunk uh, of paint knocked out of it, if, if not just paint, a, a nice dent. So, uh, teaching people manners since 1945.
1: There
3: you go. Coming up a Tech Talk, from dealing with trail repairs in the rain last week to trail repairs in the snow this week, we'll be sharing some tips to make things go easier.
1: Living the Jeep
2: Life, from mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep Life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama.
8: Hey, Tony and Josh, it's Tammy from the High Desert in Del Norte, Colorado. Um, it's chilly here, but you know it's not that cold compared to where I grew up in North Dakota and Minnesota. So I'm surviving. Sometimes our little camper turns into a sauna. Um, and we're just using this little electric heater. So what a week it was for me. Um, a man named Bob Donovan from BC Vintage Jeeps reached out to me and said, Hey, come up and look at my vintage jeeps." So that's just what Neil and I did. And him and his wife opened his home to us. And we spent the night we had a great conversation. And And the next morning, we went out into his yard and looked at all his vintage Jeeps. I'll be doing a YouTube video and a blog post so you can see them all. Some of of the pictures are posted on my Facebook page, but not everything yet. So while we were there, Neil was drooling over this flatty, which I did not know what a flatty was until I went up there. It's a CJ3, and it has uh, an M35 tub, I believe. And so Bob and Neil are very similar. And they all they do is talk Jeep, 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 Jeep. And as they were talking, things came up in conversation. And now we are swapping a two door Cherokee chief that is down here in Del North that Neil had with this flatty. So that's what they're working on now. And So Neil is going to restore the CJ um, stock, and um, hopefully, you know, if things go well, we can be wheeling it um, in a couple of months. So um, Bob is a really good resource if you are looking for vintage Jeep parts. And even if you're all the way across the country, he hauls these Jeep parts to you because he knows that you can't really ship a frame. You can't really ship you know, a door or um, a tailgate or whatever. So this is a great guy to get in touch with. So that's BC Vintage Jeeps, um, and he's out of Delta, Colorado. It's Bob Donovan. Anyway, great guy. Stay tuned to YouTube for all that. And I just wanted to let you know that Neil is going to be doing some... um, tech videos, and we are only sharing them with our Patreon supporters. So if you want to head over to patreon.com slash jeepmama and become one of our supporters, he's going to share all his little tricks and, and tips. Um, he's been a mechanic for over 20 years, and he's been working on Jeeps for a long, long time. So Tony and Josh, while you're recording this show, I'll be in the skies above you all. Well, maybe not you guys, but um, east of the Rockies, I will be. I'm flying home, well, flying to Maryland, it's not my home anymore, to visit my kids. So I'm looking forward to that. And then when I get back, it's going to be back into the garage doing the Jeep, Extreme Jeep build. Um, So anyway, I hope you guys are having a great time. I really, really miss you. And hopefully our paths will cross this year since I'm able to travel a lot more. So anyway, don't forget patreon.com slash jeepmama.
0: How does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out and, well, play along with the show. Are you a Jeeper who takes their top off? Well, if so, find out where the best place to go topless is with Mitch in Jeep weather, coming up a little bit later in the show.
1: Hey, guys. This is Pat from northern Michigan. Just wanted to call with a big thank you to Josh for the write-up. I was, I was the one that sent you the email about the XJ with the windows not working. Oh, very Josh's good. write-up and pictures were phenomenal. Uh, sorry that it caused you the problems that it did. Ah. But I do appreciate it so very much. Uh, He's not sorry. I drive a truck over the road, so I'm not always the fastest to get to my repairs. But my 99XJ is my backup to my 2012 JK Rubicon. And I drive it more than I would... Uh, I'd like to admit that I have to drive it. A little tip on fixing your Jeep in the snow is... A $10 sled that you can get from any of, like Walmart, we, we in northern Michigan, we refer to that as the Michigan Creeper. You can fly it in and under your Jeep, back out, you stay dry, easy to get in and out. Just a little tip. But I wanted to thank you guys for the show. Keep up the good work. Josh, no more funny stunts about <laughs> uh, quitting the show. <laughs> Tammy, keep the faith. Things will work out great for you wonderful person. You guys have a great show, and we'll keep on listening and spreading the word. Thanks a lot, guys. You
3: know, I'm glad everybody's got a good sense of humor about the, uh, the you quitting the show type thing. You remember that uh, April Fool's joke we did about five, six years ago, and, and we actually oh, lost, yeah. lost listeners because they thought that well, was no, the because show.
0: Because we did take a break. I think we took like a, like a, a one-month or a three-week break or something like that, you know, just kind of give ourselves a little breather. And uh, well, that was the last time we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much fallout from that. I think we were doing damage control for another three months afterwards. So, no, that was that was good times. So Though we did have some fun with that, and uh, we will have a little fun this, this this time around too.
3: As I recall, and, uh, hey, we, hey, as we as I recall, we played Happy Trails for you as well. It's, oh yeah, that was the exit music. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry.
5: Go
0: ahead. Well, I was just going to say thanks to Pat for uh, for calling in and and uh, and all that and interacting with the show. Pat, I was glad to help out. And, uh, uh, you know, I was just sort of messing around with the, uh, with the issues that, that helping you out caused. It's just all fun. And it really, it wasn't that big of an issue. Like I said, it was just a, a single window, uh, you know, a single, uh, harness that was unplugged from a window switch and just a run to the store. No big deal. So in, 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 the end, things definitely could have been a lot worse. And I'm glad that I was able to help you out and, uh, help myself out too.
3: So it's so funny. I like how I said that, uh, he uh, he felt bad because you had problems. while he's laughing,
0: so yeah, right. I'm thinking he's not <laughs> he feeling that <laughs> bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, good
3: times. So good times. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners. Is this a well, lot of fun?
0: And, and Pat sort of uh, jumping the gun. He's actually uh, um, uh, talking a little about something we're going to be talking about in tech talk here in a little bit. So uh, Pat, thanks for 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 the tip. I'm going to uh, have to uh, refer to that here in a little bit when we get into tech talk. And uh, you, you, boy, you're you're I don't know you a little psychic or something.
7: you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit?
3: So Josh, uh, if if somebody was a paid subscriber, would that have made any difference with your internet outage? See if you could I work, wish.
0: see if you could work <laughs> in it where it would have. I don't. I don't. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I, I'm going to get I'm gonna tell the whole story at the end of the show about what happened and oh, everything good. that I had to go through. I know it's not uh, exactly Jeep related, but there may be people who are who are interested in in the uh, rigmarole that I had to go through. Uh, and it was quite the ordeal. So we'll we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that uh, a little bit later in the show.
2: Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. Uh, my name is Brent. I'm from Michigan. I have a question for you all. I've seen, I believe it was Tony's Instagram post of a uh, new exhaust manifold and I would imagine on his 4.0 on his 99. I have a question. Do you believe I can run a 99 exhaust manifold on my 2001 4.0. By what I can tell, the only difference is one has a single exhaust, single port coming off the exhaust manifold compared to my 2001, which is exhaust manifolds are mainly split in half into two pieces with two ports coming off. But every time I look it up, it says it won't fit my Jeep. So do you believe I can run a 99? Exhaust manifold on um, my two thousand one four point Would appreciate your help. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Take care.
3: Bye. So let me let me start before you go into the detailed answer. Sure. Uh, short answer is yes. The no. the Jeep four head is the same from eighty four. If I, I I don't remember if they put the 4.0 point in the eighty four. The the head is is the same all the way through. So. Yes, you can. It'll fit. Uh, It'll fit, and uh, the exhaust will go out the 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 collector like it's supposed to. But that's where it ends. Okay, Josh, go.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. So the head, yes. The header, no. The exhaust. Uh, the exhaust manifold or, or the header is sometimes referred to is different across many XJs. And that's because the head actually isn't identical between all the years of the Cherokees. Even though the, a four-liter head is a four-liter head is a four-liter head, there are some differences. And the, it's, it comes down primarily to the ports, the exhaust ports and the intake ports. And they're slightly different size. They're slightly different shape between the years. Now, even though you might be able to bolt up, I mean, meaning the holes are going to line up, and you could physically bolt... <laughs> a a, a 99 header onto a 2001 uh, head um, you're going to have issues and uh, there's going to be several including the way that the ports line up now from what I understand and what from I have been told the 1990 head was a one year only head in the sense of it's because of um, the 99 also had what is commonly known to as the highest flowing uh, head and manifold out of all of the 4 liter years and the ports are a slightly different geometry than they are on other years. And you'll actually notice this in the way that uh, the gaskets are designed. If you look at a gasket from, like, say, a 93 to, uh, versus one from a late model, um, you're going to notice a difference. And the 99 is actually um, a one-year only, meaning those, th- that shape of that gasket is going to be for that year only. And uh, I can tell you how many times I've been in a parts store and they've had it wrong. Uh, So you're going to have to do some research on that. Now, that's not going to be your only problem. Also, the 2000 and 2001 XJs have a different catalytic converter setup. And the 99 is not, the the header for the 99 is not set up for the pre-cats that the 2000 and the 2001 um, uh, computer is set up to read. Now you're going to probably have some issues as far as uh, that wiring and how to you know make those codes not pop up and there's going to be some emission issues that you know I don't may not pass state inspection or or um, a DEQ uh, type of thing so you're going to have to look into this it's going to be a problem if you're going to it's not going to be a direct bolt-on swap in other words so um, look into it if you're well, absolutely adamant about using a 99 header on a 2001 head. Um there's going to be some some problems that you're going to run into. Well I mean
3: your major problem as I see it is is going to be that you your uh, 2000 2001 have two O2 sensors and the that's what the the heads uh, the headers uh that are for the 2000 2001 are set up for so you can screw those O2 sensors in. Uh so your your computer is going to expect to see uh information from two O2 sensors. And you're only going to be getting one because that's all you can hook up. Well, I'm sorry, it'll get the information from the other O2 sensor. It just won't have any a valid reading, which right. is gonna, which is going to screw up the computer and uh, how it's adjusting things. And, More unlikely, and even throw and, a code. Yeah, and didn't you say something about the the bungs are different for the O2s in the uh, 2000 2001? The the actual holes that the O2 sensors screw into. No, it's the actual
0: holes of the ports themselves that match. Oh, up the okay. I'm so sure. that makes sense. Yeah. It's the actual geometry of the openings between the head and the header, the exhaust manifold themselves. They will not match up. Now, will the Jeep run? Well, yeah, probably. You're going to have some issues. It's probably going to run hot. You're not going to have a whole lot of power. Um, so if, if you're looking to put on um, that high-flow head, you know, you're going to have some restrictions trying to fit that on into the 2000 or 2001 engine without, um, well, for all intents and purposes, doing an engine swap and and putting a different ECU in there to to so where it can read the information that you're gonna you're gonna be feeding it, well, uh, that w- because you're-
3: that would be the way to do it, though, wouldn't it? I mean, you get a, you get an ECU for a, a ninety nine or depending on your the head that you're putting on there, and you get a a head uh, for that you know that fits the 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 holes properly. And mm-hmm. then, and then you basically you're you're converting that into a one O two sensor setup so that the computer sees the information it needs. Um, I wonder if you could uh, wire both lines to the same O2 sensor.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm I would assume you know, that be kind of strange. Um, the the OBD two uh, system would would be would not read that properly. That's and I'm I not 100 percent certain that the that the 2001 wiring is going to exactly match up to the plugs on a 99 ECU. There may be a couple of pins oh, really, that are yeah. in a different in a different configuration. So even though the plugs might actually physically fit into the sockets on the ECU, the um, the wires are not going to the right points. Uh, and so the you know what is supposed to be coming out of you know pin thirteen may not be what is you know actually it's what it's supposed to be. Uh, so, uh, look, this is something that I personally have never done, and and I, I've never heard of people wanting to, you know, sort of, uh, um, back rev their 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 Cherokee, um, using older technology. Usually, it's it's the older uh, Cherokees, the older uh, four leaders that they want to use the newer 99 heads uh, because it offers so many improvements. Uh, going backwards and then having to deal with all of those emission issues that you're going to run into with that. Uh, Seems like a lot more problems than it's really worth. Yeah, that's what uh, I was
3: getting to was I wanted to make sure that he understood that even though anything is technically possible, it probably isn't going to be worth your time to go through all this and then fight all the other problems that come up. I mean, unless you can find somebody that's actually done it and they have a very detailed post or series of posts, you're probably going to be SOL and it's probably going to be a lot better just to uh, find the right uh, headers for your engine. And I'll say this one, one additional thing, because the whole idea here was he was wanting to, he can't find the 2000, 2001 headers as readily as he can find the uh, 97 through 99 headers. Yeah. yeah so good. take the, the header that uh, is damaged and have it welded up. There you go. Have yeah, somebody take fix it. Take that thing
0: off, take it, take it into a, an exhaust shop. And any, any exhaust shop will do repairs, uh, welding repairs um, for, for relatively cheap. Uh, you give them a you know a basic shop charge, maybe pay them for an hour of labor. Uh, however, they decide to 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 work there, whatever their policy is. Um, if you physically just take your header in there, uh, they'll work with you a lot better and give you a lot better of a deal than if you drive your oh, Jeep yeah. in there and Nobody say, "Hey, can that. you pull that thing off and and fix it for me?" Uh, you, you're going to be charged through the nose for that. But if you actually physically just bring it in, uh, they'll cut you a better deal.
3: It, it'll be your your header will be back uh, and and no longer ticking. No longer having that that uh, that hissing sound, and you don't have to fight all these other things we're talking about. That would be your simplest thing. So as long as you have a header that's in a decent shape, that might be the way to go. Otherwise, do the hard target search and and find the right header uh, for your year uh, Cherokee.
0: Yeah, and hey, if you want some advice on how to squeak some more horsepower out of that uh, out of that engine, uh, feel free to write into the show, and I can give you some pointers and uh, as to uh, some things you might want to consider to uh, to get a little more grunt out of your four liter you got tech questions
7: ah uh, what do i ever we have answers oh
0: that's good I, 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 it's tech talk with Jeep talk. Yahoo! now last week we went over some tips and tricks to make dealing with trail repairs in the rain go a lot easier this time of year in much of the country however the rain has turned to snow and many of our favorite wheeling destinations are at higher elevations and may be covered in a blanket of white as majestic and awe-inspiring as the views and vistas are this time of year The beauty of Mother Nature doesn't care about that U-joint that just broke, or that sensor that just failed, or the tire that just lost a bead. So when you're aired down and sitting on top of of, or are buried axle deep in the snow, what do you do to make trail repairs go a lot easier? Well, dealing with relentless rain is tough. It soaks everything in minutes and makes everything from that point miserable. So the tips we gave last week were primarily focused on keeping you and the inside of your Jeep dry and clean during and after the repair. Much of the same tips and items will apply to dealing with trail repairs in the snow. However, there are a few other things I would pack in my snowy weather trail repair kit. Obviously a rain poncho or rain suit isn't going to be all that necessary when working on your Jeep in the snow. Cold is going to be your biggest enemy here, not the wet. Not necessarily the stuff falling from the sky either. It's going to decrease the dexterity in your extremities and make handling screws, nuts, and bolts, and sockets a little more difficult. And God forbid you actually drop something in the snow, you're going to be hunting for it for longer than you want. Snow also isn't like the hard ground. It gives, and it moves, and it melts. And so we need to take all these factors into consideration when building our kit. And again, a lot of this comes down to preparedness and planning, just like with most, most things in the off-road world. Now, you knew before you left, even left the house that you were going to be up in the snow for this wheeling trip. It's rare that somebody is wheeling in higher elevations this time of year and not expecting snow. A little bit of common sense goes a long way here. So you need to be prepared for the temps that you're going to be facing even if you didn't plan on spending a lot of time outside of the Jeep. So wearing a set of thermal underwear will help keep your core nice and toasty, aiding in keeping the rest of you warm too. And that's going to go a long ways when you're out in the snow doing repairs. Now we know that you're going to be handling anything from a pry bar to the valve stem cover of your Jeep. So... You're going to want a set of gloves on hand that not only keep you warm, but aren't so big and bulky that you can't feel what you're holding or can't reach into small spaces with the bulk of the glove getting in the way. So, ditch the ski glove idea for a set of something like the mechanics style gloves. Mechanics, the brand, not the occupation. It doesn't have to be this brand either, so go with what you know. My advice is to head to the parts or hardware stores and try a few different types of gloves on. Go to the hardware section and handle some nuts and bolts to see how easy it is to start some threads and manipulate some small parts. Maybe even go to the tool section with a couple of gloves and grab some wrenches and screwdrivers to see how they feel in your hand. There's two schools of thought here when it comes to gloves for winter trail repairs. Splurge, because you want high performance and longevity, or skimp, because you're going to be hard on them and you don't want an expensive replacement cost. Besides, you can always wear a set of latex gloves underneath so you can afford to go with something cheaper here. If you want the best, though, look look into the gloves that the military and law enforcement use. These are designed to provide tactical dexterity as well as protection from the elements uh, and and actually hold up, really work the best through even months and months of, of, you know, consistent use. Keeping your hands and core dry will only go so far when you're laying down under the jeep in a pile of melting snow. So remember that the tarp that we had for the wet weather trail repair kit, well, it's going to serve double duty in this kit, too. And uh, we'll go back into the voicemail that we had just a little while ago. That sled idea is not bad. Having a small tarp means that you can keep the snow from melting into your pants, and if you drop something, you won't have to spend hours digging and sifting through the snow to find it. The tire bag or department store clothing bag will also carry over from the wet weather kit. You're still going to need to have something. uh, You're still going to have a wet and dirty tarp to deal with, and likely rags or other things too, so you might as well have a place to chuck all that to keep the interior of the Jeep dry. Let's say you're a bit buried in the snow and you need to make a repair, but the snow is up to the rock rails. Well, you're going to need to get out, by, get out of that by winching out of the hole you're in or digging your way in to do the repair where it sits. Now, having the right shovel for this will make all the difference in the world. Now, obviously, you're not going to be packing uh, the same shovel that you would clear the driveway with. And a full-size shovel for the garden is just overkill. And, well, that's kind of big, too. Look for the aluminum style shovels that ice climbers and snowboarders use. They break down to store in small places like a backpack so they can definitely fit in your jeep. They're super lightweight and very effective at removing snow quickly. So no matter how easy or difficult a trail repair is, the cold can cut right through you. So in your kit, keep several of those little disposable hand warmers in there as well. These activate as soon as you tear open the package and they work great as far as stuffing them into different places. They have a great shelf life or are cheap enough to buy in bulk, meaning throwing five or six of these things in the kit are as a real no-brainer. Stuffing a couple of, uh, of these in strategic places like sleeves, pockets, socks, or in the back of the beanie will help keep the cold from affecting you no matter how long you're out fixing the Jeep. Now, if you need to get under the Jeep to make repair, then likely you're going to need to scrape away some stuck-on or packed-in snow from the places that you need to work on having a a few little parts brushes, or those disposable trim brushes from the painting section of the hardware store work really good for this sort of stuff. They're super cheap and far more effective at removing snow from tight areas than your fingers ever will be. And it keeps those gloves from getting wetter than they need to be or tearing open. Anything you can do to put a degree of separation between you and the wet stuff will make things go a lot easier. So grab another ammo can, stuff a small tarp, a set of gloves, some hand warmers, and a few little brushes, and combine this with your wet weather trail repair kit to be be prepared for any degree of trail repair no matter what the season. And let me know if there's something that you think we should add to this kit or share pics of your own cold weather trail repair kit. We'd love to see what you're packing. Wait. No, that (laughs) didn't come out right. You know what I mean. So um, this
3: might have gone along with the the military and law enforcement thing that you were talking about, but I don't think yeah. so. What do you think about shooting gloves? The ones that have the fingers uh, you know they have the glove up to like the the the, the, main, the main knuckle
0: and uh, you know the the, the fingerless gloves I, I, I like maybe for springtime, but if you're out in the weather and you're in you know 15, 20 degree weather, or the wind chill has brought you down below zero, you do not want your fingertips exposed, especially if you're gonna be out doing a trail repair for an hour or two hours. You know, it's not oftentimes that, you know, you you can just you know wrap some tape around a hose and you're back in your Jeep in under five minutes and that's good to go. If a trail repair is more serious than that, well, you're gonna need more serious protection from the elements
3: now i'm a bit ignorant when it comes to cold weather because you know southeast texas all my life but so what kind of temperatures are we talking about that where you would really want to keep your fingers covered you mentioned spring but spring might be you know 35 for you it's it's 75 here (laughs) you know i
0: would say if we we get down to actual numbers here i would say any temperatures below 40 degrees you're going to want a little bit more serious protection out there and if you're down into the sub-zero sub-zero range Well, even the kind of protection that I was talking about earlier in this segment may not be enough. We're talking about severe, you know, 10 or 20 degrees below zero wind chill. That is going to cut right through you no matter what. And so at that point, wind is going to be your worst enemy. And you may want another tarp or something like that to block the wind, to break that wind, because that's what's going to cut through you no matter what you're doing, no matter what kind of gloves, no matter how many, you know, uh, hand warmers you've got or what kind of clothing you're wearing. It's just going to cut through you, and it's going to make making that repair absolutely miserable. So if you're wheeling
3: over uh, your wife, girlfriend, whatever, probably girlfriend this this would be best for, and you're going to be working under the Jeep. Would it be a legitimate thing to say, "Let's get in a sleeping bag, get naked so we can share body heat well, while I'm working on the Jeep?" Because I'm while
0: thinking While I'm working. Yes, because that's not going to be a distraction at all. Hand me that wrench. No, that ain't it. That ain't it. Not lower, keep grabbing. Yeah, that's it. Well, do you have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk or a subject that you would like covered. Just jump over to Tech Talk. Or just, just jump over to JeepTalkShow.com <laughs> slash contact oh, and send us a message. Delusions of grandeur. You yeah, go
3: to to own. own show.
1: <laughs> hey, guys. This is from Canada. It's been a while since I called in. I was just wonder. I was looking to replace my wife's Jeep as uh, she was in an accident. We need a new one. And I can't seem to find any uh, 3.6 liter Penstar V6s, and uh, the salesman offered me the 2 liter turbocharge, and I don't know much about it. Uh, I just wondered what your opinion was on the 2 liter turbocharge uh, engine. Thank you.
3: If you weren't in Canada, I
0: would say, punch him in the mouth and say, get me the 3.6. You know, the 3.6 liter is a, a tried-and-true engine, and, and a lot of Jeepers love that Pentastar V6. It is a decent engine. It has a fair amount of torque. It's got a good amount of power. That's a relatively smooth-running, reliable engine. The newer 2-liter two 4-cylinder uh, two uh, inline-4 with a turbo on it has a lot of torque behind it. Oddly enough, this little 4-banger is not the 4-bangers of yesteryear, and they actually have a fair amount of, of torque and horsepower behind them. And, and ordinarily, you know, a turbo, you wouldn't associate being um, a, a good choice for off-road. And generally, when you're talking about, you know, low range wheeling and stuff like that, your, your RPMs aren't going to be up high enough in the RPM range to really make a lot of use of that turbo, at least as far as, you know, getting a lot of boost into the engine and really, you know, making use of the turbo and what it's designed for. You're going to see a lot more use of that turbo, um, you know, on freeway driving and, and stuff like that, ha- or even like wheeling in the sand and stuff. Does that mean that this is a bad choice, though? Well, honestly, if we're talking about a, a Jeep for the wife, we're talking about a vehicle that is likely going to be, you know, daily driven um and then wheeled on the weekends, you know, that sort of thing. The two-liter turbo is really a good choice for this. Now, would I recommend this same engine choice for a vehicle that is going to see, you know, primarily off-road use? Well, maybe not. It's not going to have the, the overall grunt down low V6 is going to offer. But it is going to still get you where you need to go off-road and still have plenty of fun out on the trails and be plenty capable in low range. And at the same time, offer you the kind of performance and economy while driving on the freeway that will make owning this Jeep a lot more fun.
3: Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, the only reason why I'd say go with the, uh, the 3.6 is because it's a known, proven thing. And uh, the, the turbo four-cylinder, I don't know that there's enough uh, actual
0: feedback from people that really use it. Uh, it, it would be a difficult choice for me. I, I- well, it is relatively new. You're right, Tony. The the 3.6 liter Pentastar is tried and true. It's been out on the market for a long time, and there's a lot of aftermarket support behind it. Now the two point uh, the two liter uh, four cylinder with the turbo, we're talking relatively new, relatively new technology, and there's not a lot of them out there that are being used right now. So what my my advice is really kind of based on you know what's on the paper. I don't have a whole lot of street time and seat time with the two liter four uh, with the turbo on it. And there's not enough you know, time that these things have been out there to really see what the longevity of these things are going to be like. So, you know, Ali, if it comes down to, you know, you just absolutely want to go with what you know, then hold out for that 3.6 liter Pentastar yeah. and 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 maybe even get a broker involved and and find one that, um, you know, is not from the Mideast. That's not from, you know, uh, down here in the States where we use salt and stuff. Or from an area in in, in your region um, that is you know it also doesn't use salt. You obviously want a vehicle if it's going to be used. It's a couple few years old. It's not going to have rust or any issues that's going to um, pop up in that realm in the next few years. So um, Allie, I you know, I don't know what else to tell you here in that regard. I wish you all the best of luck and I hope you get a great deal uh, on the wife's new vehicle. And by all means, please let us know what you end up going with and uh, and whether or not she's happy with your decision.
3: Oh, and uh, if you do go with the uh, two-liter turbo, you got to let us know what you think of it, uh, and uh, more than just one report, you know, over time. So uh, Get out, there, some, it. Yeah, Get out there and drive it. Yeah, some real type
0: stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go for some test drives. Uh, while you're out there, maybe even, you know, test drive an SRT-8, uh, you know, see what the 700 horsepower is going to feel like, even though you know I, you're not going to go I, for it. I think I well could stand tease behind that. A little bit. I think that's a great <laughs> idea, <laughs> personally. Might as well treat yourself a little bit, right? And, Good luck, Allie. I hope this helps.
3: Hook up that uh, hook up that uh, that that new JL behind it and see how fast it'll pull
0: it. Oh, there you go. Hi, this is Jordan from Big Snatch Off Road, and you're listening
2: to the Jeep Talk Show from around the world, or from your city,
1: and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep
4: Talk Show. In
1: All yo,
3: boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. It's been a few few weeks since we've had one, and I've been trying to get this guy on for some time, but he felt he had to go out and buy a Jeep before he could come on and do the interview. I don't know about these people. Anyway, uh, Greg is here, and he is the owner-operator of Underground Graphics, a Houston-based automotive uh, graphics shop, since 2001. He's been involved in the industry since the mid-'90s, and uh, his passion for his work shows— Greg uh, states, I feel blessed every day to be able to do what I love, to be around so many awesome vehicles, and to continually meet fellow enthusiasts who share similar passions. It really is the best part of the business. Running a small business is hard, stressful, and is, <laughs> it's down, and has its down moments. I bet it does. Uh, but making the time to have fun and enjoy life, family, is important. Uh, in that time, uh, Greg has joined the Jeep Life with a recent purchase of the Gladiator, uh, he's now putting some focus on the Jeep market. You can see more of his work by visiting their Facebook or Instagram pages. And, and, and let's just mention that real quick, Greg. Where what are your Facebook and Instagram pages?
9: They are uh, Underground grfx, Um Both of those. Um, the website um, is spelled out uh, Underground Graphics, and uh, it does have a link at the bottom of that page that goes to the uh, direct to Instagram. But if you're there to look to see what we do and see photos, obviously the Facebook and Instagram are going to be a little, little, little better.
3: Yeah. That make, they make it really easy to do things, uh, uh, put stuff up very quickly and easily. And I'm sure you can uh, get a lot more stuff on, on it than you can on the website. A lot quicker, uh, a lot uh, more, uh, like instance that happen. I Now I know I've seen a few G pictures on your Instagram account recently, and, uh, they all uh, look really cool. I think a, um, uh, uh a local here in Houston uh just got his uh, gladiator done up i think it was the tailgate that had some uh, treatment done to it wasn't it yes cliff? You're correct cliff was it cliff um, yes. I'm of it. yes yes
9: yep um uh, he's part of the west houston jeepers um and i've 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 joined that uh, that group as well and um yeah he asked uh what all we could do i said what you know what do you want to do <laughs> what Send can't we photos. do <laughs> yeah yeah he just he, he just sent some photos i was like yeah we can we can do that And, uh, yeah, we got it scheduled in. We had them in and out in about, I think it was about three or four hours. Um, That included the uh, side vents. We put a uh, Rex logo on the uh, the vent. Um, And then, of course, the uh, full tailgate. Um, That was a lot of fun. That was the first one we had done. Um, I had seen it done at SEMA and some other, you know, online images.
3: Mm -hmm,
9: mm -hmm. I was excited to get that one done.
3: So, uh, I can't remember. It's been a while now. I can't remember uh, what uh, Gladiator you got. Was it, uh, I, I'm forgetting, I'm brain farting on the models. The only one I can think of is Rubicon. You didn't go full Rubicon on us, did you?
9: I did not get a Rubicon. Um, so, there, there is some story to that. Uh, and I can almost say I wish I did, and I knew that was going to
5: happen. <laughs>
9: uh, you know, I do have some friends that do have the Jeep Rubicons, and they you know, when I talk to them about wanting to get a Jeep, Make sure you get the Rubicon. Make sure you get the Rubicon. Make sure you get the Rubicon. Um, coming from the F-150 into the JT truck, uh, I the price was, you know, it, it's high. It's,
5: <laughs> it's high. very high. Uh,
9: <laughs> so I really, you know, I kept thinking, am I going to go wheeling? Am I going to go, you know, how much of this am I actually going to use? Um, so looking at kind of the needs more than wants, I ended up choosing a, sport s and i did load it up pretty pretty good um and it still came in i want to say six to eight thousand under a similarly or similarly equipped rubicon
5: oh that's great
9: Uh, so yeah we did order the i did a order for the sting color and uh took a few months to come in but it it came out exactly as i wanted um shortly after ownership even prior i guess i knew i was i I was going to get it since we ordered it um I had set up uh an installation with uh, Pax Power, which is a local shop here in Houston to do some uh, wheels, tires, a lift kit and some side steps for me. And l- literally I got the Jeep from from Gilman, drove it home to Katie, next morning drove it straight to Pax Power,
5: oh, dropped it off my goodness.
9: and Within two days, they did uh, they did the uh, Mopar two-inch lift, 37-inch all-terrain tires, some new wheels, and the sidesteps. And then picked it up Friday and then drove to Kima for an event. And uh, man, I'm, I've been loving it ever since.
3: That's great. Now, you, you mentioned about the the Ford F-150, and I think a big question a lot of people have out there in their minds is, yeah, sure, it's great that Jeep has, has come out with a, a truck after 30 years of not having one, but... How is it? How does it compare to the F one fifty? Is there? I don't know if you did any towing or anything with your uh, with your F one fifty, or maybe uh, hauling things around. But uh, uh, have you had enough time to do any of that sort of thing with your your Jeep truck, or is it just too damned expensive to put anything on it that might scratch it?
9: <laughs> you know, I I have done a, a little. Again, that first weekend that I had the Jeep, uh, like I said, I had an event down in Kima, and I brought my booth with me. I um, also brought the wife and kids. Um, so we had six foot table, 10 by 20 tent, some chairs, luggage, which really doesn't seem like a lot, but that was the first instance where I did feel the difference between a full size truck and the midsize of the, uh, of the Jeep. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not have a tonneau cover at the time. Um, so we had the tent turned sideways and some, you know, some of the stuff was, you could see in the back of the bed. I did have the tailgate closed. I was managed to get some stuff in there sideways, and you know, and whatnot. But even the interior, though, um, I don't mind it. But you can feel it's a little bit smaller. Uh, as far as the towing, I haven't done any towing yet with the JT, with the F one fifty. I did very, very light towing every once in a while. I would tow a trailer, but typically I just tow a motorcycle or, or you know something small like that.
3: So when you said you could feel the difference or you could tell the difference between the Ford F-150 and the, 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 the Jeep truck, was it simply because of the amount of storage that was in the, in the bed? Or did you actually feel it in the driving, the how much uh, uh, horsepower you had available to you, the difference between the two?
9: Uh, I could say both. I mean, the, the, the F-150, again, I had the EcoBoost. Um, and on top of that, we did a, a tune on it. So it, it was very quick. mm mm-hmm. um, you know the Jeep now with the 37s, it's uh it's got a little bit of sluggishness to it. It's really not too bad. Um, you know I did you know everyone talked about the gearing too on that. You know right. Uh, and I I did know I did order the max tow package, so we got the same gearing that the Rubicon has, and that's that's helped. Um, you know and again I'm not, I'm not driving 100 miles an hour in a Jeep, so it's not again it has not been an issue. But the power difference is definitely there. Um, the sacrifice—it was—I knew what I was going to be doing, so I—I I, I drove that F one fifty every day to and from work, and it's a great truck. Don't get me wrong; it does everything great. Right. But it wasn't wasn't fun. <laughs> uh, the the jeep.
3: Um, it was a workhorse. You know, is, is exactly what it is.
9: Correct. Correct. And and the jeep's going to do. A little less of what I need but enough and at the same time it's going to give me um, what it's already what it's been doing which is a whole lot of fun uh, the kids love it my wife loves it we take the top off we take the doors off and it's you know and now it's fun to go to work you know and um, that to me is, is it was more important uh, when that ends I'll, I'll, I'll make that choice uh, you know on what to do at that point but for right now I am absolutely loving this Jeep
3: yeah, it's, it's it's so much fun to drive uh, my Jeep every day uh, to and from work. Uh, I, I I definitely don't drive a Jeep to have people look at it, but the looks and the comments and the people that stop in the uh, the parking lot and go, "Hey, that's a great Jeep." It. I had a guy come up uh, the Sam's Club uh, the other day and. Uh, tell me, he used to have a Cherokee, and uh, he was asking me about mine. I think his his was a ninety nine. I said, "Are you sorry you got rid of it?" He says, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why I always tell people never get rid of a Jeep unless you're going to replace it with another one. Uh, they're just a lot of fun and and very unique."
9: I can I can see that, and uh, you know, same same stories. Uh, obviously, being that the the Jeep truck is new, um, I do get a lot of that. Uh, but the people, you know, the Jeep. Community I've found is is very tight, very very strong knit, and uh, like I said, since I've been involved with the uh, the West Houston Jeepers, um, it's just it's just great. I mean, I I, I can't explain it. You know, I've, I've been in this in this business a long time with automotive groups, um, you know, Subarus and, and Mustangs, and you know what have you, mm-hmm. and all of them have their have their groups but the the jeep is really something special
3: well that's interesting so you think that the the people that are involved with the jeeps are are different though they they come across differently maybe the maybe it's the age range is a little a little wider and a little older than uh, maybe the the groups that you were dealing with before
9: i agree i agree um again i have a a very deep background into subaru and kind of that import market Mm -hmm. which is kind of where we got started in my in my in my business um, and that was kind of hard to let go of.
3: Um, well, I haven't really let it go. Well, you don't have to. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying
9: I'm not driving those those types of cars anymore. Right. Um, you know, and and, and as we get older or whatever, and not, not to say that Jeeps were an old person. Um, but I have noticed it's, it's more mature. At least it's what I've been finding with the, you know, the owners and, 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 and,
3: yeah. Well, Groups. until you start looking at the thousands and thousands of dollars that are pouring into these jeeps, <laughs> it's yeah. just like you can question the maturity, uh, the maturity level. Now, I think you made a great decision on getting the Sport S, uh, not having lockers, and uh, I think that the Sport S does come with Dana forty fours, so you should be fine. All you need to do, if and and I'm not saying you have to do this, but I get the feeling that especially that you're tied in with a group. You're going to take it off road and then you're going to see what other Jeeps do. And you're going to ask them, why were you able to go up and over that thing so easy? And I was having more of a hard time. I had to get, you know, I had to uh, reverse back and get more forward speed where you just crawled up and over it. And they're going to say, well, lockers, and you're going to say,
9: make, and that's, that's already happened.
3: happened. Oh, is it? I was going to, I was going to say, you're going to say these lockers, tell me more about these lockers.
9: (laughs) Uh, So Thanksgiving weekend, Uh, I did my first off-road trip and went to Hidden Falls.
3: Oh, I love that Uh, place.
9: I also took, you know, because it was Thanksgiving, I was up in Dallas, and I brought my my wife and kids with me as well. And uh, so we all got to experience firsthand uh, for our first time what that was was like. And uh, I met a small group of Jeeps up there, um, as well as some other friends that had the Ford Raptor. So we kind of did the the, the lighter end, the uh, the you know, I guess level two, level three.
3: Well, that's that's a good place to start, yeah, especially with a new vehicle.
9: Um, I was I was surprised at what I could do. Um, versus, I guess you know what I was at. I didn't know what to expect, but right. it, it was very very capable. Um, and actually, just this last weekend, uh, I was back again. Um, and this time with uh, some other Jeep friends, and we hired a guide um, to really, you know, to spot us and kind of go a little a, a little harder through it. Um, the buddy I was with, um, he's got a JL Rubicon, stock tire, stock height, of course, mine's two-inch lift with the 37s, and side-by-side side, where his rock rails were is where my side steps, went down and stopped. So I'm kind of thinking, well, we should be doing the same thing. And there were some, some spots where he just crawled right over it. And I had to reverse, get some momentum and, and so on, and so, you know, mm-hmm. just like you were saying. Right. And it was that, it was the lockers, it was the extended length I've got. Oh yeah,
3: that's gonna hurt but
9: you. It's, it's very close though. I mean, I, and and that for me is that choice I've yet to make. If that's something I'm gonna continue to do then I'll put that investment in it and do it. But I think for right now, I'm I'm very happy with those uh, where we're at, and again, I'm just going to keep enjoying it.
3: Well, you know, lockers and these modifications to the drivetrain aren't mandatory because, just like you said, uh, the the you were really surprised what you could do in your Jeep. Jeeps, uh, the you know the the JTs, the JLS, the JKs, uh, all of those are very capable off-road vehicles straight from the factory floor. So yeah, you know what you have is is great, but like I said, when you get out there off road and you see somebody just easily climbing up over stuff, you know, you go, "Well, son of a bitch, why can't I do that?" And now you get in that that horrible uh, uh, spiral of, "Oh, I got to get this, and honey, I got to get this, and I got to get this." <laughs> so
9: I've got a list. I've already got there. The list. You go. Well, see, yeah. you, oh, you've yeah.
3: been bitten, so that's that's great. Um, well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that I'm glad to hear that you've been off-road uh, I've been to Hidden Falls once And uh, it was a lot of fun I uh, had, uh, had some issues getting up there With uh, some overheating So I didn't get to spend a lot of time there But it's a beautiful park And if you guys uh, are, aren't aware uh, uh, Greg is here local to me And he's actually uh, lives in the same Little uh, community, little city that I do Katie So uh, this West Houston Jeepers and stuff we're all We're both in the same area um, now, Greg, before we get too far, I mean, I, I just love talking about Jeeps, and I especially love hearing uh, about a new Jeeper experiencing a Jeep for the first time, but we got to talk about your business. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm about to de-rail your Jeep talking, and let's talk about your business. No, no, that's
5: good. That's
3: good. <laughs> so, yeah, I figured it'd be all right with you. So, um, the, uh, the thing I'd like to know is… When did you get started? I don't think you actually started in 2001. I think maybe your business did, but you got started in, the, in the, 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 this whole industry a lot sooner than that, didn't you?
9: Correct. Mid-90s. Mid right. Um, you know, I was I going, back, going back into high school. I was one of the few students that went through, you know, art through every, every year. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother has, was an artist. I think I got that creative gene from her. Um once I got out of high school and, and did some college, it was graphic design and then I got a job working for a small newspaper doing layout and design and typesetting. Uh by then the mid nineties came around and I went to work for a uh Cinerama franchise as their designer and I thought, you know, I've got I've got experience in this. And um it was really entry level. Um but I was able, I went in and I was, I was good at it. Um, and I kind of started to learn a little bit of the sign business, uh, with that, of course, you know, that passion for cars, um, that I mentioned earlier, um, I found that I was spending a lot of time designing my own decals for my little Honda at at, at the time.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: And people were saying, Hey, where'd you get those stickers? Where'd you get those stickers? You know, at, at car shows and I was like, well, I, I make them at work. And, uh, it's probably about three or four years later, as um, when I opened up my own shop and uh, I bought a, uh, a plotter software from my boss at the time, and uh, was started uh, doing this stuff out of my uh, out of my garage, and uh, that's how I came up with the name Underground Graphics. That went on for about another year doing both, and eventually the side business. Became too much, and it affected my work. Uh, and I uh, and they fired you. Like, they fired
3: your ass, right? I was
9: fired. <laughs> uh, it was scary. It was it was pretty scary. I didn't know what was really going to happen. I went right. and I I just got married, and I talked to my wife, and she's like, "Hey, let's uh, let's build out some space." And um, her father had a small business as well, and I, I took about a, a thousand square foot on the side of their building. And uh, opened up Underground Graphics in 2001, and uh, stayed in that location for 13, 14 years, and uh, really got got rolling. But again, it's always been automotive based. That's where the the passion lies, and and um, where I wanted to be. I did find out early on that I wasn't. I had to do more than that to you know to, to, to make money. So we do signs and banners and and you know, a little bit of everything, but obviously the the focus and, and the heart is in with the, the all things automotive. You know, we do cars, motorcycles, uh, of course, Jeeps, trucks, uh, exotics, uh, you name it, it's, it's it's been in our shop. Uh, but I love the one-on-one experience um, with, you know, someone says, hey, I've got an idea, ask them to come in and we'll, we'll sit down and talk for a little bit, look at some pictures. And uh, usually pretty quickly I can put together a render and, and we kind of go from there and get pricing. And uh, I, again, it's, it's, it's what I've always wanted to do. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier about feeling blessed, It's it's I don't think many people get to do what they want to do in this world and, and right. make a living doing it. So I hope this goes on for many, many more years.
3: So you had all that and now you got a Jeep, man. You got it all. <laughs> yeah. So so I was really impressed. I came uh, I had ordered some uh some 4 foot by 4 foot uh, Jeep Talk Show logo stickers from you. And I came by there to pick them up and uh, I figured you were, you know, I'm not paying the extra money to, to have them uh, uh, stuck on my Jeep professionally. So I wasn't going to waste your time. I was just going to pick them up and go and figure it out, you know, watch a YouTube video. (laughs) And uh, you, uh, you came outside and uh, helped me and and advised me about how to put the things on and uh, mentioned a lot of things that I had seen uh, in a a YouTube video. And uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the extra time that you spent with me because uh, like I said, I wasn't spending the extra a uh, few hundred dollars, I think, as it, it was to have you guys put them on. So, uh, and it turned out okay. I got a few wrinkles in there, but uh, for my first time, I think it turned out all right.
9: Most of the time on um, those installs, if unless you're right up on it, I, I mean, not that you don't want, you know, you don't want there anyway, but no one's going to know it's there except for you. Exactly. Um, and that's, <laughs> you know, and that, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. You know, we all, we all make, I mean, I could I can go through and I can nitpick. Every job I do, every job someone else does, and you know, unless it's a, a a horrible mess up, right? You know, it it goes.
3: So last year I got those stickers from you because I was going to be going to the Lone Star Jeep Invasion, and I was this last minute I was getting these things done because I wanted to take my big red Jeep out there and have these big Jeep Talk Show stickers on there. So I was able to get those in time and get those on. I actually. Put the stickers on the night before the event, and uh, now this year I'll be going back. And uh, I mentioned uh, to you before we uh, we started recording here about uh, if you were going to go out there, and I think you said, uh, you know, it's it's under a lot of a lot of papers. You're you're thinking about it, you're considering it, but one you are going to be going to is the uh, the Gilman Jeep uh, event that's coming up here on February the eighth.
9: Yes, yes. Let me talk about that for a little bit. uh, This will be the second one we've done. We did this last February. uh, And I've done a lot of work with the Gilman companies, particularly with their Subaru events. And they've gone so well, they said, hey, let's do one for Jeep. Uh, It was pretty short notice last year putting it together. But we had, I want to say, 250 plus registered. And then we ended up with to 300 jeeps
5: Mm -hmm.
9: within just four to six weeks of of you know time to put this together and uh went off very well so uh we're doing it again um as you mentioned february 8th at gilman jeep and same thing we've got more room this year and uh more vendors more prizes uh we're still got a couple uh things in the works i know we're getting short on it but uh I think it's going to be fantastic.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and this year you'll actually be out there with a Jeep.
9: I will be out there with a the Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, it really was. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange to say I, I've, I've wanted a Jeep since, since high school. And it's one of those, again, one of those vehicles where I thought it was always recreational. It wasn't going to fit my needs and so on and so on. Um, and being at this event last year, uh, I was there, obviously there was a vendor as well. Looking at all these jeeps the modifications of course the decals the um, and then getting them to, to know them uh, it was really it I was like this is a and I, of course the Jeep truck was coming out I said you know now I can do this and so this year yeah this year is gonna be great I'm gonna feel I'm gonna get to be a part of it get to be involved of it and and really be one of
3: so you don't happen to remember the uh, the address where the Gilman Chrysler Jeep uh, Dodge Ram is located, where the, the event's going to be, do you?
9: I don't know the physical address, but it is at the intersection of Beltway 8 and Southwest Freeway.
3: Yeah, I think this is it. Uh, 10585 West Sam Houston Parkway, uh, South Houston. So not South Houston, but uh, Parkway so- South, comma Houston. And, uh, so, uh, if you guys are, are listening to this, you got a few weeks to, to make plans to, uh, to head over there, you should head over there. And I think you were telling me that it, uh, the event starts at 10 AM and goes to 2 PM.
9: Correct. Uh, I believe there's still some online registration. If you want to show the Jeep, um, that is filling up very quickly. Um, and it is going to be capped. Uh, we try not to turn any, anybody away, but, um, the online registration, I believe it's ten dollars. That is going to go to the to the military support foundation. Excellent. Um, but that that's going to guarantee you a spot. Um, once those spots run out, they run out. But we'll you know we'll we'll find room to park, and you're still welcome to come in.
3: All right. And uh, if if you have that link, I can get it to you after uh, after we get done here, and I'll uh, stick that into our our show notes along with uh, uh with the other episode information uh, so people can just go to the jeeptalkshow.com uh, site and click right there and uh, sign up hopefully uh there'll still be some slots open by the time uh, we air this i
9: hope so <laughs>
3: <laughs> so um the for what i'm getting from you is is that you're you're very impressed with the the whole jeep crowd and uh, the I guess uh, the other thing is that the, I took from what you were saying is that it's just so there's so many things that you can do to make the the Jeep unique to you and and your flavor the the person who you are and uh, it's it's infinitely uh, modifiable I I guess you could say of course if you've ever made the comment uh, or ever heard the comment no I'm done modifying my Jeep that's that's a big ass lie you're right. never done. Yeah. something else is going to come out
9: well as far as the decals and the jeeps and uh yeah i did want to mention the making you know making it your own um within the first week of having mine uh we made our own hood template we did the uh tailgate band on the back of the tailgate um windshield banner that's pretty simple but there are some pieces that we've we've made on on our own you know and it's stuff you can find online um i've seen some of that ebay stuff and it's not always what it's advertised to be um so i I like to do it on my own and you know make sure this is make sure it's right
3: well the the vinyl Um, is a specific vinyl that you have to use to be able to take the uv uh, from the sun and the wear and tear from just normal every day so you guys have the the best of the best there
9: we do. We use uh, 3M and Avery um, as well as a few others, but those are our, our top two. Uh, it's typically wrap vinyl. It's easy to install, almost zero chance of getting a bubble. So you can, you know, if, if it's a kit and it's a template, you can buy this and you can install it yourself. Um, you know, we've done, again, the hood inserts, vent decals. We did a scrambler kit for. The Gladiator uh, a few months ago, and we've since then done two or three more. And these, of course, will fit the JL as well, just a little, oh, a little right. shorter.
3: Right. So, so, if somebody wants to, uh, how would they go through the process of getting their Jeep over to your shop and, uh, you know, first off, finding out what they want to do? Uh, is that something you do online, over the phone, or do you like having the vehicle there so that you can uh, talk to the people and, and show them uh, why that will or won't work uh, type thing? So, you know, somebody here in the Houston area, or maybe they're even driving in because they, they heard the interview and they want you to do it. Uh, how does that, that whole process work?
9: We'd love to have you come by the shop. Um, I love to look at the vehicle. Um, obviously, you know, what it is. We'll have most of those measurements but still um, to have you there and, and go over those details always seems to go a lot smoother um, I probably wouldn't be able to do a render you know on site but at least we can get a good idea of, of what you want plans you know and so on and so on and a uh, good chance of getting a a uh, a good price as well uh, it, again if it's something small we can do them while you wait, again, most of those pieces have already been done. So, if it's a walk-in and we got time to do it, we'll knock it out. Otherwise, give us a call uh, or an email, and we can get it scheduled. But it it does go pretty quick. It does go pretty quick.
3: How does the the scheduling work? As far as um, I know, it depends on how much you're how much of it you're doing and how intricate it is. But generally speaking, if somebody was maybe doing the the tailgate and uh, you mentioned some, I think, some side treatments, some small side treatments that you had done on a Gladiator, uh, how long did that take? And, and basically, how long would somebody have to be without their beloved Jeep?
9: Depending on, the, again, the length of what we're doing. Um, we'll go back to uh, Cliff for that example. Right. That, that was four hours. Um, but that was, you know, we didn't cut anything until he showed up. <laughs> um, you know, clean, prep, remove, install. Um, that was our first time to pull that apart. So, you know, we had to take out the taillights, de-badge, take out the rear camera.
3: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even think about all that.
9: Um, I, I I made a stencil for the Jeep badge in the back. So knowing that the next time one comes in, I'll have a stencil for it. So we don't have to hand measure all those little pieces and add new adhesive and, and so on and so on. But, um Again, he had called beforehand, um, sent me an email and said, hey, this is what I want to do. Here's some pictures. Uh, I was able to, you know, measure the area with some software that, you know, had the, has the Jeep in it uh, to get rough figures. And within, you know, I said, hey, how's next Tuesday look? Looks good. I'll see you in the morning he was out of there by one o'clock
3: oh i bet you he was excited too that's uh, it's wonderful to customize a jeep it just it gives you a a nice warm feeling uh and i don't mean like wet in the bed warm i mean a good warm
9: (laughs) (laughs) well the the smile on the customer's face when they when they see the car complete um most of the time they're not there while it's being done he did wait so he was kind of coming back and forth and again you know jeep owner <laughs> to jeep owner we got to kind of talk for a little bit uh-huh. uh did you tell them to this,
3: this sit down and co- relax cliff it's yeah. gonna be okay <laughs> Take
9: it break. we're good um but in most cases it, it is um a drop off and they'll drop it off and you let them know say when you when you know when you come back your your, your car is gonna look like something different you know it's gonna look like a you know new again mm-hmm. uh, and they come out and they're they're smiling and they're they're happy and that's you know again that's part of that uh that's the best part of
5: it. You well, know, you uh,
3: guys, you guys have always done great work for me, and I, I really appreciate it. And that's uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you here on the show is to, to let everybody else know, uh, and, and really in your own words. So the, I also want to make sure that people understand. And you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you guys will do a full wrap of a vehicle as well, won't you?
9: Correct. Um, anything, everything from small decals, uh, stripes, partial. Uh, you know, again, if it's a hood insert. That stuff is is for the most part easy, uh, and, and we do get into full wraps as well. Um, they do take a little bit longer. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, typically, for a full wrap, we're looking at five to seven business days.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, well, you got to take a lot of stuff off yeah, for that, don't uh, you?
9: Very intensive, and even that. I mean, that's the the wrap business is, uh, and this city is is oversaturated. Tons of shops do it, and oh. it's and, and 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 then the question comes. You know pricing. I've seen pricing as low as $1,500, um, and of course it can be up as high as five, six, seven. My goodness! You know, but it depends on the vehicle, on the car, and and that's that is the hard part. someone calls in and says, "Hey, how much to wrap my car? What kind of car? What kind of?" And every everything matters. Uh, the door handles, the mirrors. Do we got to take them off? Um, the best results are going to come when those parts are removed at the same time if you're within a budget and we can get a, get a, get away or get around not taking that part off and have it still look good then we'll do it um, but obviously the more time we spend on it the more parts we remove the better that's going to you know it's just going to work out for a much better product in the end in the end in the long run
3: so say, a, say a group wanted a, uh, a special sticker and I'm not talking about a big sticker, four inch, maybe five inch sticker. And they wanted, uh, I, I know whenever I was doing, uh, doing stickers for xjtalk.com, you did those stickers for me. Do you, do you still do like uh, a bunch of stickers like that type thing? Or are you, or is your focus moved away from that? I guess I should ask before I go too far down this trail.
9: We do still do it. Um. Not as much, you know, again, when we started out in the early 2000s, that was all we were doing was all those small decals, um, you know, small runs, medium-sized runs, but usually it was that market that was coming in doing one off, you know, for their back windows, side windows, you know, whatever. Um, I, I really don't turn anything away. You know, if anything, if we're busy and I don't have time to do it right then, then I'll, you know, politely say, hey, you know, let's get a deposit. We'll get it. We'll get you an email. I'll get you a proof, and and it'll it'll run. You know the the standard day next day turnaround.
5: Mm-hmm,
9: mm-hmm. Um, if it is something that I've got in the computer, or we're not over, you know, overwhelmed at the moment, we'll we'll do it right then. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. It's it's it, it can be that fast.
3: Well, it's just like they said in RoboCop, uh, good business is where you find it. So it's <laughs> it's great that you don't uh, turn away the business. So you would be open to uh, a, a, a small Jeep uh, group, maybe, that they wanted to get a couple hundred, three hundred, four hundred hundred, 300, 400 stickers, uh, five, six inches. Now, I, I've noticed a lot of the online vendors, they don't really like doing the die cuts. And I think that has to do with uh, the weeding, I think it's called removing all that, that background vinyl. Do you guys still do die cut, or are you only doing the 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 print ones, <laughs> the ones that you could print in color and you know cut around?
9: We do. We do still do it. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. It's it's been like I said, next or this year is now ni- nineteen years, and we start. We spent our first, I think, uh, I don't know, ten ten years just just with a die cut plotter. So that's all we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we do. We have a thirty uh, inch printer cutter combo and now last year we picked up a 64 inch printer cutter combo and absolutely if you come in and say i want 100 stickers i am going to try to sell you on a printed decal most people don't like them because they don't have the you know they're not as clean they don't look as as crisp um and i can show you some samples and i think you could make you think otherwise right typically Again, we can get them done a whole lot faster and usually a lot cheaper as well. So
3: yeah, that's what I um, saw. That they they are cheaper, and I figured it had a lot to do because there's not a lot of that manual interaction uh, with with each individual sticker. The die cuts have such a a nice look on on glass, especially like it's a tinted glass uh, on a vehicle. Uh, they just really pop. So yeah, I think right. I think I understand what you're talking about. But uh, if
9: they're you know, if if that die cut is a single color and it's fairly simple then we'll still do it you know without question um but typically the minute you add a second color or small text small detail you know for oh example God, you that would drive image. you
3: at the wall <laughs> right <laughs> I'm trying but to weed out those to, little things
9: <laughs> a, uh, I t- a white decal you yeah. know we could still put a black background on it for that dark tinted window yeah and you it's it's hard to tell the difference
3: so uh, if people wanted to get a price for something, would they just give you a call, send you an email? How would they go about uh, contacting to to get, a, you know, because everybody needs to know what it's going to cost them before they, uh, before they make the plunge.
9: Correct. Uh, prefer email. Um, at the same time, if you want to give us a call, it, it's likely we can get you a quote by phone. But if you have some artwork or you have anything you want us to look at, then again, we're just going to ask you to, you know, give us a drop through the email. And uh, we are quick to respond, so that, that that does go quick.
3: Excellent. Now, now I just want to point out to you, I know that you didn't want to come on here and do this interview until you had a Jeep because it was a Jeep show. Do you see how much we talked about stickers and uh, die cuts and wraps and everything? We had plenty to talk about just on yeah. the thing that yeah. you've been living your life at for so many years. <laughs>
9: yeah, yeah, and I can talk this all day long, too. So. I bet.
3: Well, I find it very interesting. Uh, and uh, so, well, this is, you'll like this. So, so the other day, my wife was in the garage. I was out there working on the Jeep. And uh, she walks over to the, the four foot by four foot sticker that you did for me. And she goes, hey, is this supposed to be like this? and it was something I had forgot to weed out. It was a little triangle. I said, no, there's a lot of those, and I didn't get to all of them, but <laughs> get off my back. Nobody's noticed that I didn't weed this sticker properly. <laughs>
5: no
9: big deal.
3: Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I got all excited about this, and I forgot to mention you actually have something to uh, to give away for our, our listeners.
9: I do. I do. I was excited to uh, be a part of this, and uh, I did want to give away – uh, my favorite thing that I've done to my Jeep, which is uh, the matte black hood insert. The, like I mentioned, the first day I had my Jeep, uh, that morning on the way to drop it off, it was very early in the morning, and the sun was beaming right off the center of that hood. Mm-hmm. And I thought, now I know why they put that matte black hood insert and um so i've got one to give away for a jl or jt and i've got fitment for rubicon or non rubicon
3: now what's the difference between the rubicon and non rubicon is it the the shape of the hood or does it actually say something on the uh, the the insert
9: it is the shape the uh okay. the rubicon has the the vents you know on the hood so right. it's a little bit thinner um and these um i did again i did make two separate pieces um, and these will just overlay. You don't have to take anything off the hood to get these to fit. They will lay right on. They are air-release vinyl. Um, you can oh. do these yourself. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they're easy to put on.
3: Well, you know, there's another thing uh, that maybe you didn't think of. Uh, when people have the light bars, uh, very often the, the glare from the hood is just horrific when you turn those things on. They, they put out so much light, and, of course, the hood's going to catch some of that light. So uh, this thing will actually make that better as well.
9: Yes. Yep.
3: So, uh what we normally do is we like to uh put this out to our our listeners in in the form of they got to call in and uh into our voicemail line and uh they have to be a certain caller. So, if you don't mind, pick a number between 1 and 10 and and whatever number this is, this is going to be the the number caller that these uh, these folks have to uh have to be to to win this. All right, let's go with 6. All right, caller number 6. And then the other thing we like to do is uh, we, we might like to make them work a little bit for this. So we, we have, a like a, the radio station, say, uh, the phrase that pays or the phrase that they have to say. And they have to say this perfectly. So be, I always say the longer, the better. <laughs> so do, do you have a phrase uh, in mind that they could say?
9: It's it's going to be simple. I didn't think about it. I was going to say something funny, but I didn't want this <laughs> to be just what we're doing. <laughs> Underground Graphics, your source for vinyl wraps, stripes, and graphics.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you're probably a bit of a smartass, like I am. I love uh, making uh, some some stuff coming out of left field. So, uh, but uh, Underground Graphics, your source for vinyl wraps, stripes, and graphics. That's that's all you got to say. So that's great. Thank you so much. And uh, we always try to make sure that uh, the uh, our guests understand no giveaway is necessary, but we sure appreciate it, and uh, we love being able to. Uh, uh, provide that to our listeners uh, through our guests. So thank you very much for that, Greg.
0: You're welcome. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, cheaper. Well, Greg, let's remind folks, uh, we, we, mentioned the Instagram, the Facebook
3: before, but let's remind them again. And of course, uh, where your website is, cause they'll need that information when they give you a call to set up a time to come by and either get decals or maybe a full Jeep wrap on their, on their, their beloved Jeep.
9: That'd be great. That'd be great. We have not done one yet. So, and I, I was going to do mine and I, I got that new sting color and I'm just not there yet. Um, so the website is, uh, www.undergroundgraphics, all spelled out.com and the Facebook and Instagram is, at uh, underground grfx.
3: Yeah. That one threw me off a little bit at the first, I, I think I had saw a Facebook post is how I found it. So that's great. All right. Well, Greg, thank you so much. And uh, I hope the interview, uh, was uh, a little less stressful than maybe what you thought it was going to be. And, uh, so glad that you finally, uh, Finally, we're here with us, and and maybe I'll be seeing you out there at uh, Gilman Dodge on February the 8th with uh, with my Jeep, with my uh, Underground Graphics logos on the sides.
9: I hope so. I hope to see you there. Hey, big thanks goes out to Greg
0: uh, for coming on the show, taking the time to talk about, of course, his new Jeep Gladiator, rubbing that in. Thanks, pal. <laughs> and his business, UndergroundGraphics.com. I can't wait to see what he ends up doing with that thing and, and his business. What kind of wrap are you going to put on that, Greg? Hey, remember, you can see Greg and Tony both in Houston at the Gilman Jeep event on February 8th. That's right around the corner. See episode 421 in the show notes for more details at JeepTalkShow.com. Hey, don't forget, if you have an idea for a guest, we want to know about it. Do you work in the off-road industry or know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show yourself. We'd love to hear your Jeep story. Just go to com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well. Could be you. From
3: overlandingsite.com, we'll find out what it's like to overland in foreign countries, including Iran. From the mind of Nikki
5: G.
6: This portion of Nikki G brought to you by Pickled Eggs. Want to practice for an appearance on Fear Factor? Try eating a pickled egg. That's pickled eggs. Ugh. Hey, this is Nikki G and I just got a quick question about the half a million dollar Jeep. Yeah, it's bulletproof and it can protect me from IEDs, but can it protect me from the broken heart left now that McDonald's has stopped serving the McRib? And also does it have cup holders.
9: Alright boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye.
3: That'd be great. You know, $500,000, no cup holders. That Not would be, a
0: single one.
3: <laughs> for $500,000, you can hire somebody to hold your cups for you.
0: And I'm, yeah, and I'm talking right. about
3: all the cups.
0: <laughs> Have you ever wondered what your Wrangler or a Wrangler of similar similar ilk would look like with a specific part before actually making the purchase? Oh, boy, haven't we all. Now, sure, you can root around social media sites, exploring hashtags, until you finally stumble around what you thought you were hoping to see. Who wants to waste hours upon hours doing stuff like that? Extreme Terrain's brand new Jeep Wrangler photo build hub makes makes it easy to search for images or modded Wranglers like your very own for inspiration on your next purchase. And it's super easy to use, too. Check it out. Once you select your Wrangler's generation, color, submodel, and engine on Extreme Terrain's site, the feed will automatically populate a sortable and filterable list of Wranglers just like yours with the mods that you may or may not already have, check it out for yourself by clicking the link in today's show notes at JeepTalkShow.com and look for episode 421. I have the link there, and you can uh, custom build your own Jeep any which way you want. See what your Jeep could look like with anything from Extreme Terrain. You
3: know, Josh, we've had a long relationship with Extreme Terrain, and I think largely due to that uh, long relationship, uh, you know, we've we've been looking at their site and doing stuff with them and uh, seeing them. Uh, putting their kids through college yeah all that <laughs> yeah and uh, it's just amazing to me the level of effort that this business puts into like this thing you were just talking about ways that you can see things online uh it, it just makes it the whole customer service uh aspect of it uh, much better and uh they also too we haven't talked about it in a while but all the uh the stuff that they do for keeping trails open and uh, uh, investing money into uh, charities.
5: its Oh,
0: yeah. It, no, grant programs yeah, and yeah. and and other things like that. Really, Extreme Terrain has taken stewardship with the off-road community to a whole nother level. And if you're looking for a company to really stand behind, uh, I would highly recommend Extreme Terrain just because of how involved they are with the Jeep community, both locally and nationally, in fact. Uh, and, and everything that they're doing to constantly improve their site and the interaction with the Jeep world and to educate everybody out there uh, from, you know, your first time wheeler to somebody who's on their sixth or seventh Jeep. Uh, they've got something for everybody there, regardless of your skill level or, or uh, information level. Um, so whatever you're looking for, go check it out at Extreme Terrain and see all of the things that they have done to really make owning a Jeep just that much more enjoyable.
3: Oh, and uh, coming up, uh, Go Topless Day, which they are now uh, the the force behind Go Topless Day. So they're really in- involved in the the Jeep community, and I I'm very proud that they uh, select to advertise with us.
0: Hey, would you like the Jeep Talk Show to review a product? You would you like us to take your product through its paces and put it to the test? We've prided ourselves on the fact that we do not pull punches here on the show. If we if we review a product and it doesn't live up to its name or claims, we let you know. So let us know if there's something that you want us to take a look at. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to be hearing a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. So I transferred
7: jobs. Not in transfer jobs, transfer locations. Used to have the talk show every Friday, driving to work. I usually got the entire show in because it was a long drive to work. Now... My 15 minute drive to work doesn't get it done. Driving <laughs> home tonight, I'm like, ah, let me look for the podcast. I'm going to get it. It's going to be good. Turns out the podcast wasn't there. Get home, check Facebook. I'm like, all right, what's going on? 4:21. This is your home now. Just on Facebook. No more podcasts. Start listening, and I was pissed. Not really pissed. <laughs> I'm like, ah, too Josh is going to move on. No big deal. No, I mean it's kind of a big deal. I appreciate all of his knowledge and what he teaches and does. Listen, listen, listen. Get more upset. I'm like, damn it. I need to be a subscriber. I need to pay. We need to keep these guys going. Not that it's going to matter today. now. I'm a day late and a dollar short. Uh, glad to learn that's a joke. He's got no internet. But looking forward to the delayed show. I've got a Saturday off. I will have it to listen to. While I sit around the house, drink a cold beer. I'm uh, I'm drinking when I call in. Today, I'm the can be. Uh Guys do a great job. Tammy, wherever she is, doing great. Um, the new cat, can't remember his name to save my life. Does a good job. And the weather. If if I get Jeep night, more for help, up and going again this year, I'll definitely get some weather shout-outs to my good old North Carolina location. Uh, guys, be good. I'm going to keep listening and keep doing what I do. Maybe I'll go drink a cold beer now. I'm home from work. <laughs> and I have got Saturday off. Get yeah.
3: here. He, you've, you've shamed him into not drinking before he calls wow. into the show, Josh.
0: <laughs> Might have been the, the new job there. That, if you guys don't recognize the voice, uh, and I'm actually brain farting on his name, but a uh, longtime supporter and promoter of the Boardwalk Billy uh, Jeep Night events that were, were happening. Uh, we uh, pretty I was gonna say weekly, but it wasn't, was it? It was uh, like once a month or every. It was. Two weeks? I think it was like the like the first Tuesday or, or first Saturday yes. of the month or something like that. I know that I'm 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 misinforming uh, the people on that, but uh, yeah, Boardwalk Billies was very big uh, in the Jeep community and, and doing uh, weekly, or if not monthly, shows. Uh, uh, their you know uh, show and shines and you know Jeep shows that, Collecting that sort of stuff. Collecting money for the, and, to yeah, help people. and yeah, and raising money for for good charities and stuff like that. So uh, we definitely supported uh, Boardwalk Billy's cause, and and the gentleman who just called in was uh, was promoting that uh, quite actively here through the show as well. So glad to, glad to hear you got a new job, moving on to bigger and better things, bud. And uh, uh, unfortunately, not having the time to listen to the show as much that's, anymore. That's just and, piss poor planning. You need to find yeah, a well, job that's further away. <laughs> you're gonna have to have to take the long way home from now on. I guess I don't know. <laughs>
3: He'd be sitting out in the driveway, he's always thinking he's uh, cooking the meth out there or something.
0: Oh no! <laughs> listening to have no, I'm listening. Guys like I'm listening Listen to the, the show.
3: No, I'm listening to the show. No, I'm just saying. You're sitting out there listening to the show for an hour. You know, what are you, oh, saying, right. what are you he's sitting in out the, the driveway? He's the driveway for an hour. What <laughs> is are you there doing a host there? hooked
0: up to that exhaust pipe? Is he trying to kill himself? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just somebody in the driveway listening to the show. It's all good.
3: Yeah, it's great. And the and the bonus thing is, is that uh, since the show was delayed, his uh, his. Uh, Voicemail gets the gul on uh, the uh, the real f- episode four twenty one. Oh yeah. Oh, still nice and chilly outside. I'm not looking forward to uh, to spring. Or I know I know a lot of people are because they, they don't like the snow and the ice. I don't I, I, I can't say I blame them for that. But uh, boy, I'm liking the cold temperatures. I get actually get to sleep under the covers, Josh.
0: Oh, well, you know, out, out here, it's all pretty mild in Northwest, generally all year round. Um, and I, I know that you don't uh, see the cold as much as we do out here, but uh, man, I do love the cold. And as and uh, way much, uh, way more than, than, the, uh, than the hot. Uh, anything over 80 degrees and I am just miserable. Uh, but, you know, a nice 30, 35, uh, 40 degree day, no problem at all. I'm just fine in my uh, jeans and sweatshirt.
3: Yeah, it's nice, especially if you're a fat boy. Uh, the the chillier outside, it's uh, the better it is until your fingers start getting too cold. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, if you got fat fingers, then you got bigger problems.
0: So speaking of problems, uh, let me share with you guys exactly what happened and, and exactly why the show is so late this week and why episode four twenty one is is several days late from being released. Now Thursday night, uh, I get home and uh, you know ready to do the show. I come into the studio. And uh, lo and behold, no internet. And at first I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, this has happened before. I've just got to go reset my my router uh, real quick. And, uh, you know, just some discommunication uh, issues happen. This should resolve it. That's always fixed it in the past, right? Um, and so I reset the router and I come back in the studio and I'm sitting there waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm usually, I've, you know, got my phone in my hand. It's it's a several minute process for, for the router to reset and, and you know, uh, fully come, come to life and everything. And so I'm looking for the wireless signal. To pop up on my phone to let me know that the router has gone through its its startup procedure, and I can you know log on and and finish up my show notes, and we can do the show. This doesn't happen, and so I go back in the studio or back in the office where the other computer is and, and where the where the router modem is, and uh, and I'm like you know looking at it, and I was like wow maybe I didn't reset it properly or something. So I you know pull the power plug this time instead of just power cycling it, and uh, and let it go through th- through its thing. Still, no internet. I'm like well, this is re- weird. So I call up Comcast Xfinity, my internet service provider, and uh, and they inform me over the phone that there is an area wide outage in in my area, uh, and that they are working very diligently to resolve it. They have crews on scene and will have uh, things up and going soon, and that I can check back, you know, at this address uh, for for details and and updates and everything, which I do. And about every half hour, forty five minutes or so, I see that the estimated time for completion of this repair. Keeps getting bumped out. We'll have this done by 7.30 or 8.30. Uh, it's going to be closer to 9.30. Uh, it's going to be after 12.30. <laughs> like, what the hell? Okay, so we can't do the show Thursday night. Not the end of the world. You know, this has happened before. We've had technical difficulties of one kind or another to where we've had to delay the show by, by a day or, or, you know, sometimes. And, um, but we've always been able to produce the show and get something out for you guys. I come home from work Friday night expecting okay, I'm just gonna jump into the sh- uh, into the studio and and get things going. I have verified through um, the website and the app that service has been restored to my area. Everything should be good. Uh, I get home i uh, I fire things up, no internet. What the actual f so I call up uh, the te- uh, Comcast Xfinity Tech Support and I am on the phone with them for over an hour going through. Everything under the sun to try and resolve the issue. I am being told that during this outage, they sent a, a disconnect signal, uh, a disable signal uh, to my router. This is my router, not equipment that I am leasing from my internet service provider. This is my own equipment. What the hell are you doing shutting off my equipment internally with your own codes? This is effed up. And, and why would they do that anyway? And, and exactly. And I'm looking for answers at this point. I'm like, you know, and, and mind you, over a half hour has gone on at this point. And I still don't have any answers. Nothing is happening. And the person I'm talking to is like only showing up about every five minutes to let me know that he's still working on it. And, and I'm like, you know, look, look guy, if, if you can't get this resolved, maybe we need to get somebody who's, you know, a, a little bit more trained than you. Um, to, you know, to, to understand, better understand what's going on and can more quickly resolve this problem. Uh, because, you know, I've been on the phone with you now for over a half hour and we are no, no closer to resolving this or having any answers at all than we were when I first started. Um, and mind you, we're into day two now at this point. So um, another half hour goes by, and, and he thinks, well, I think what happened um, what, you know, was this. We sent this, 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 this disconnect uh, signal, and for some reason, it, you know, it shut off things internally. And so I just got to send uh, these activation codes, and I just got to find the right one to get your equipment to turn back on. Okay, fine. Do whatever you got to do. Another half hour goes by. And still no resolution here. And he's trying this. He's trying that. I assure you, I'm trying to work on things. And I'm getting frustrated here because, you know, I'm getting no feedback. I'm getting no help, and things are not getting he, resolved. You got better, time, better
3: things to do than sit there no, and seriously. listen to him and come up with the BS responses.
0: But seriously. So I'm like, look, man, you need to transfer me. I need, I need, um, you know, somebody who is above you, who Escalation. is better trained, who's been there longer than you. Something. Let me speak with your supervisor. So, generally, a supervisor in a call center for a technical situation like this generally has a much higher level training. They call these, you know, tier two professionals. Um, and they're generally, somebody who has gone through more extensive training, who has seen a little bit more, who has, you know, more experience in th- this sort of thing, and can help some of the newer guys who don't have as much training or who haven't seen as many situations. Now, I'm being told that, you know, I've never seen this before. I've been working for Comcast Xfinity for six or seven years, and I've never seen this before. I was like, well, I don't care if you've never seen it. Just fix it if you so easily were able to send this disconnect signal, why can't you so easily send a reconnect signal? It should be just as simple. Click that button, move that slider, whatever you got to do, make it happen. So finally, after an hour and 15 minutes, he finally gets to the point of where he can't figure anything out and is forced to now transfer me to a supervisor. And I'm on hold for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. Additionally, I hear the line click over. I can hear the background noise. I can hear the supervisor picking up the headset or the phone or whatever, and then promptly hanging up on me. <laughs> oh, I was so effing livid! It's not even funny, and so I immediately call back. And of oh, course I you're supposed to give up after that no, right. time. You're supposed yeah, to give right? up. That's no, what a no, 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 no,
3: normal cable no. subscriber not would how do. I roll. You're supposed That's to hang not up. That's how I roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, I was not letting this go. I, I call back. I, of course, get a completely different call center. Immediately demand getting uh, transferred to a supervisor, um, somebody at least tier two, if not tier three, uh, who I can need to talk to to figure something out. Because at this point, I'm pissed off. Um, things still aren't fixed. And I've had a whole lot of my time wasted. She pre- proceeds to tell me that uh, there's nothing more that they can do. They have to send a technician out um, <laughs> and that I may even be charged for the visit if it turns out the technician finds that that the problem is not with their pro- with their system, that it's something with the wiring in the house or, um, or, or my equipment. And I proceed to tell her that how dare she insult my intelligence. I worked in low voltage for a, nearly a decade. I strung more wire than she's ever seen in her life. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. I, I've been tech savvy as far as communications and, and and computer equipment and that stuff goes for, you know, most of my life. You're not just talking to some Johnny come lately here. I know what the F is going on. You need to give me some answers. She couldn't. So I had this, you know, appointment set for today um, and, you know, for a technician to come out. And, and meanwhile, you know, about two hours of my life has been wasted at this point. The show is is, you know, 48 hours late. Um, at this point, and I have no guarantee that I'm going to have anything fixed in the upcoming future. So, um, I, am speaking with Tony, obviously, because, you know, we're now, you know, two days late recording the show. Um, I was supposed to be, you know, uh, having things, um, up and running and we were going to be re- recording yesterday, Friday night. Um, but that didn't happen. Tony, thankfully, uh, used some of his expertise to help, uh, do some more troubleshooting with me. I had gone as far as, you know, as I could go. Um, Tony being an IT expert and working in that field for many, many years. Um, had a little bit more deeper understanding, was able to walk me through uh, some things to where we were able to determine uh, that my equipment was indeed faulty. However, it's awfully a, a, a big coincidence that you know my equipment and this area-wide outage would happen at the exact same time. And that here I am getting uh, what I find out later being lied to by a technician from the company who I'm buying my internet uh, service from. Um, about this disconnect and and uh, signal being sent and all that. That's not what they do. They don't even have such a thing. That's not how the system works. So I spent an hour plus, hour and a half, you know, with somebody who was lying to me the entire time, who very well just could have been playing games on his phone instead of actually trying to help me. Um. So I uh, I determined that it's likely my equipment that has gone bad. It is related to this uh, this outage somehow or another. It's just too much of a coincidence. Um, So I go today, this morning, I I wake up and I I go in and buy a new router. Um, I come home, install it, go through the activation process, which unto itself was almost an hour long because for whatever reason, some notes they had put in the account... Um, all these signals that were going back and forth between my address. <laughs> Be so careful with system. this guy. You delay him really? as much as possible. <laughs> so the system was all backed up, and and they 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 had to clear out a bunch of stuff to finally get the activation code to send down the line and, and get the signal strength back up to 100% to where I could actually use my internet service. And that was a whole procedure this morning to, to go through. Um, and and uh, after speaking with the, uh, the supervisor last night, they said, you know, regardless of whether or not you get it up and working yourself, or if the uh, technician gets things going um you need to call us and 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 we'll get things resolved because I made a very very big stink about how much of an inconvenience this was and just how many people this affected because we're not just talking about my internet or that I couldn't watch, you know, um a, a basketball game right. or I couldn't, you know, check my Facebook or or send an email or something. Whoa. This is affecting tens of thousands of people and and this is unacceptable. And this can't be happening. And, and the fact that I was lied to and that I may have to pay for the repair and all this other stuff is just absolutely out of the, out of the question. So I um, get the router up and going. I call up the customer service retention department, a, a department who I've actually um, had a few dealings with before in the past uh, because of one issue or, or another. And proceed to tell this person the entire story and absolutely blow his effing mind. He's been working for Comcast for the better part of 20 years and has never seen anything like this. And he he doesn't know what to do. So he put in um, a request for a ticket uh, to where they're actually going to reimburse me for the replacement cost of the router that I had to buy, you know, $200 piece of equipment. Um... And, and that, you know, this should take, you know, anywhere from uh, three days to seven days. I'll be contacted. The ticket's going to go through. He noted all the account, uh, put everything in there as far as notes as, as to what happened, how I was mistreated, the fact that I was lied to, all of this other stuff. And and so he's like, there, there you shouldn't have any issue um, getting this resolved and getting your reimbursement. So, um you know, sorry. For everybody out there <laughs> for the big delay and, and for as much issues as this cost, um, uh, everybody, including me and Tony and everybody else um, involved in how many people this, this affected. So thank you very much for your patience and uh, for being good sports with my little practical joke that I decided to take this opportunity to play on you.
3: Well, you know, um, I, I appreciate you sticking with it, Josh, because it's things like this, the amount of time. Uh, that we put into the show that people don't realize. Um, we have a lot of fun sitting here talking, but there's time that you put in uh, doing the show notes. Uh, there's time, a lot of time I put in, probably equal amount of time uh, editing the show and producing the show and, you know, putting it up so people can listen to it. Uh, and then there's the, the the stories that you come up with, uh, the the Jeep news, the tech, especially the tech segments, because the tech segments are very detailed. So there's a lot of time and effort put into the show uh, even if it didn't sound like it, <laughs> uh, but to to put this on top of it and the expense—I mean, you probably could have lived a few days without internet. Otherwise, the only the the major uh, focus on this was getting it back up so we could record the show. So I really appreciate it. I think the listeners really appreciate your efforts, and uh, I I just wish this wasn't something you had to go through. Now I, I want to ask you something, kind of kind of theoretical here. You said that they, they do not have a disconnect signal, uh, that they can actually send out to, to disconnect your, was it disconnect? What was the, what was the word? You used? D- uh, disable. Disable. It, to yeah. Disable your router. What if they do? And he slipped up. Have you, have you ever oh, heard or oh. seen the show, uh, halt and catch fire?
0: Mm, no,
3: but there's I a, did have a. <laughs> there's a, have a little show about, about, halt, this, about no. an instruction, a computer instruction that was supposedly put in a uh, in the the CPU, a halt and catch fire. So I'm thinking oh, that maybe you had a halt and catch fire instruction <laughs> that you no. you're going to see men men in black show up soon to erase that uh, that thing, and they're going to this, this segment
0: of the show will be missing soon. Right, <laughs> I have the. Uh- <laughs> the silver thing pop up and flash me in the eyes and yeah, yeah. yeah that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, no, actually I do have a standing theory um that every couple of years uh, internet service providers um send out a signal. Um they mask it by a, a an outage uh, because that is something that people don't know a whole lot about. It is beyond their their pay level of uh, their their expertise, something that they can't understand. Um and they leave it up to the professionals to handle. Um, however, uh, these this uh, signal that is sent is meant to only destroy equipment <laughs> that is not theirs. And so therefore makes the people who have been leasing equipment and saving money, who have not been leasing equipment and have been saving money by using their own equipment, um, it makes them pay for it uh, by then destroying their equipment every couple of years uh, by this erroneous signal that gets sent out, uh, forcing them to either A, buy more equipment or b start leasing the equipment to avoid this sort of thing from happening. Oh, again. absolutely. Cuz you you would have seems- said
3: you would have just said fix this damn thing now. I'm paying for this every month and then they they have this bankroll they've been collecting for however many right. years so they can easily afford uh, to pay that and make themselves look like uh,
0: kings and queens. Just too plausible of an idea. It is entirely too easy for that to happen. It's it's entirely possible. The technology exists. I'm sure uh, you know it's not out of the realm uh, uh, of expectation for this sort of thing to happen um, as you know standard business practice for something like an internet and cable service provider. So yeah, you know I I don't know um, it, it's fixed now. It sounds like I'm going to get reimbursed for for my investment. Thank goodness because uh, really an extra 200 bucks right now is is not something I really wanted to to, to fork. Out, especially with what I have going coming up in the very very near future. Um, so moving, kind of shifting gears from the uh, the internet stuff and the and the practical joke and and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, moving forward, I you know I've got the Easter Jeep Safari coming up in Moab, uh, Moab Utah here in uh, beginning of April, uh, and we're already at the end of January. So that leaves me February and March to handle all of my logistics, handle any sort of repairs or modifications that I need to do to the, do to the Jeep to get it ready for uh, three to four days in Moab, Utah, here in April. Oh, wait a minute,
3: Josh. You know, you were talking about your, uh, your buddy that has the trailer and stuff uh, may not yeah. be available. We need to put the word out now. There may be somebody in your area that's going to Moab or wanted to
0: but didn't want to go alone
3: that has a trailer.
0: And, you know, I didn't uh, think about that, Tony. Uh, that's that's a good point. Um, as some, I, w- I wouldn't really have ordinarily um, stepped up and and asked uh, listeners to uh, to chime in about. But uh, if you are in the Portland metro area or some somewhere relatively close between uh, Portland and say the California border, um, uh, and are planning on heading to to Moab, Utah, for Easter Jeep Safari, have a trailer. Um, maybe even have an extra space on your trailer for for another Jeep, something like that. Um, I will be happy to pay for your gas uh, going down there uh, to get my Jeep down there. Um, I, I do have a buddy at work uh, who has an F three fifty King Ranch. Um, who was going to be borrowing a trailer. I was even possibly thinking about just renting a U haul trailer or something like that. Uh, and was willing to tow my Jeep down there for me. Um, just for the sake of of going with me, and I would pay for the gas and the lodging and you know all that sort of stuff. Uh, and and for him to experience what Easter Jeep Safari is. Uh, and all that stuff. He was willing to he, willing to take a couple days off at of work with me and uh, and go do this. Well, find out that he's uh, he's a little on the fence now. Um, he's not sure if he can take the time off. He's got some other things uh, coming up. There's a there's a trade show involved. He's got some things with the family involved. So now it's I'm a little more uncertain about whether or not he's going to be able to do this. I am going regardless, even if I have to drive my jeep down there. Um, I am I, going to make this show. So, Easter Jeep Safari is happening for the Jeep Talk Show in 2020. The dates that I'm going are going to be April 9th through the 11th. That's Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I'll probably be coming back either Saturday night or Sunday morning. I'll be arriving uh, probably at some point either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, depending. I may even be Thursday night, uh, depending on uh, how the transportation uh, thing happens. The reason why I'm selecting those dates and not uh, earlier um, is because primarily of the big vendor show. That is happening there. As much as I would like to go to Moab and just wheel my pants off, um I'm going down there for the sake of the show uh, to get content, uh, to uh, to get interviews, to talk with other jeepers, um that sort of stuff. And so even though I will be doing a couple of trail rides, the primary focus for me going down to Moab, Utah for the Easter Jeep Safari is to get content for the show and to to bring to you guys the experience that you wouldn't otherwise be able to participate in. So that's what's happening here in the near future. I've got gear labor that is paid for. I'm scheduling the install for mid to late February for my 456s to go in. Um, The uh, disc brake swap uh, parts are going to be coming in. I've got a junkyard trip planned here in the next week, weather providing, of course. So we're supposed to get about a week straight of rain right now. So I may have to put that out for another week. So things are starting to fall into place and things are happening very quickly here as we kind of get into crunch time before Easter Jeep Safari.
3: So let me see if I can sweeten the deal a little bit here for uh, giving Josh a uh, and his Jeep. More importantly, uh, his Jeep a ride down to Moab. Um, think of uh, four hours of Jeep news and tech talk because uh, Josh could entertain you the the entire way down because he's got lungs like a dolphin, and you probably wouldn't you <laughs> probably wouldn't inhale the the entire trip. So just think of your own personal Jeep talk show while you're uh, while you're wheeling uh, down uh, Josh down the. Uh, the road there a bit um so i got some uh good sh- shift gears here a little bit uh some sad news um the uh, many of you probably have heard of the uh the big explosion that happened uh in houston on friday that would have been uh the 24th and uh unfortunately two people uh were killed and uh at, at first whenever you know i, I woke up early uh, i get to work on uh work uh, from home on fridays and uh, I woke up around 5 or so. The, uh, the explosion apparently happened around uh, 4.30 in the morning. Uh, I did not feel it. Uh, if uh, I sleep pretty hard. So even if it uh, did shake the house, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, but uh, some 198 homes were damaged, uh, some significantly. Uh, the, uh, and, and, I, and I mentioned two people had uh, actually died in the, uh, the explosion. So I get up, and I'm watching the news, and I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. Where exactly is that located? So uh, Northwest Houston is what they were saying, and they uh, they gave the cross streets. I looked it up on uh, Google Maps, and uh, the first thing that I saw was Brave Bo- Motorsports. Now, I've been in contact with Brave Mo- Motorsports to uh, get them on the show uh, as an interviewee, and the interesting thing was when I was up at uh, Barnwell uh, doing the off-road thing uh, up there, I uh, actually was looking at a, uh, a brand-new uh, uh, Jeep the um, Jeep truck and it was really outfitted really nice and I started talking to the guy and I said wow you've only had this thing for three months you got a lot of stuff on it." he goes well I'm a builder and he, he mentions he's with, his, his company is Brave Motorsports so mm-hmm. already I'm freaking out like what's the what's the odds that this explosion would occur and literally two uh, warehouses down from the explosion is Brave Motorsports so you know the day continues on and uh, etc and then come to find out uh, Friday afternoon uh, I have a, a cousin-in-law that works for the company whose building exploded. And then a couple hours later, I found out he was one of the two people that were killed in the blast. Oh. He, he was literally, they, this is not a, a, a big building, uh, but they had a super nice gym built on the facility for the employees. So he, he goes into work early in the morning, but he would go in a little earlier so he could work out in the gym, the company provided gym, and then just go to work. So he and a coworker were actually, I believe the coworker also was, was uh, working out of the gym, and he actually smelled uh, what he what they referred to as, as gas, like a, 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 a fuel smell. Uh-huh. And then he went over to the, the building uh, where the, the, the smell was strongest and could hear a hissing noise. And uh, he had contacted uh, the the people from uh, work to let them know that was going on. And uh, the, the person that he was communicating with on on his cell phone and stuff, uh, five minutes after they got off the phone is when the explosion happened. And, of course, he was not heard from again. Jeez. So, uh, you know, I, nice guy. I've known him for years. I uh, haven't uh, uh, seen him. Uh, in person for a number of years, uh, interact on Facebook, Facebook friends. He's uh, f- family, and uh, uh, first off, the brave motorsports was a, a coincidence, and then out of uh, all the people that are in that area, to only two people die. That's two too many, of course. But then yeah. one of them is related through marriage to me. It, it was just, it was amazing the, the the coincidences, and I've since found out that there's either even another link. That uh, I have to somebody else that was there that didn't die but was also there and actually saw the explosion. So, if if you guys saw this uh, news story recently, uh, I uh, actually lost a family member uh, in that explosion.
0: So tremendous explosion too, Tony. It I really mean, was just an absolutely horrific. I, I, if you guys aren't familiar with the story, uh, seeing the fallout from this, uh, the the debris field. From This stretched over uh, almost a mile, what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just uh, yeah, homes a half mile away getting knocked off their foundation. Uh, d- just an absolutely horrific explosion, very powerful explosion, uh, from this manufacturing facility, uh, there in Houston. Uh, very, very tragic accident.
3: Yeah, really sad. And I wanted to mention Geraldo here on the show, and uh, I, uh, um, Wish I could have seen you before. Now, Gerardo has uh, uh, two two girls, two young girls, and uh, a son that's uh, in the Marine Corps. Actually, is overseas, uh, which I think they're going to be uh, sending him uh, back home yeah, because of the incident. Yeah, they'll be
0: sending him home for sure. But, uh,
3: very proud. He was a very proud. Uh, family family man saw those uh, girls very often, and uh, you'd see I'd see often uh, quite quite often pictures of uh, him and his son in the Marine outfit very proud of his son and very proud of his service so
0: man well thoughts and prayers go out to the family and and uh, I at least from you know from me and, and speaking for the rest of the show our, our deepest condolences go out to the family as well yep what well, would you like to join in on the campfire side chat? Uh, pull up a chair and crack a beverage. We'd sure like to have you. Uh, certainly be uh, a little bit more fun from, uh, you know, in the future, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but we got uh, JeepTalkShow.com slash contact where you can go for now uh, to find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun.
6: All right, but you just look at this weather. I think this is the perfect day to take the top off. What the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me.
4: Maybe you should have checked the Jeep Weather with Mitch. Hey, Jeeper, Mitch here. Today is the 24th of January 2020, and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep Weather Report. Alright, I've been giving y'all lots of places to take that top off the Jeep that's been a bit cooler than maybe manageable. Well, meow, this week we go to places that are doable. First, let's take a topless dip through Waikiki, Hawaii. Finally, a place you can probably take your top off. This weekend, Waikiki will be sunny and perfect at 81 degrees the whole time with a low of 70. Use that sunscreen and eliminate those winter tan lines you got going on there. Now, the next location isn't Hawaii, but take your top off, camp, and hike in Grand Isle, Louisiana. There will be partly cloudy Friday and Saturday at 63 and 59 degrees. Sunday, you may get rain at 62 degrees. Not near any beaches, but the next location is closer to trails to go topless on. Now, in Carlsbad, New Mexico, this weekend it will be 62 on Friday, 70 with maybe some clouds Saturday and sunny, and 66 on Sunday. Last, let's take that top off and risk going south of the border in Ensenada, Baja, California. Taking your top off here, I hear, is more of a normal thing. There will be sunny all weekend with 69 on Friday, 67 for Saturday and Sunday. Now, don't forget to use the hashtag JeepTalkShow on social media for us to see those pictures. If you have any suggestions, I want to know your local Jeep weather in an upcoming episode. Go to jeeptalkshow.com contact in order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch. It's always a great way to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly.
0: Hey, thanks, Mitch. Always a good time. We know where we can take our top off or where the best place to take our top off is. Make sure you guys are tuning in each and every week, each and every episode. when Mitch takes us around the nation to find a new place to take our top off. Now, some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are involved with. We'd love to hear about it, even if uh, you just know about it, uh, something we haven't reported on. Well, be sure to let us know about it. We, uh, If you go to, go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and click and fill out our Wheeling Wear form. It's a form where you can enter in all that information, and we'll get that out to the masses as soon as we get it. Uh, Coming up, February 20th through the 23rd, nice little three-day event there. We've got the River Run ATV Park presenting their annual Mardi Gras ride. This is pretty cool, guys, happening in Jacksonville, Texas. If you're in the area, be sure to go check it out. And happening February 28th through the 29th, right at the end of the month, we have the Salt Lake Off-Road and Outdoor Expo. This is a really cool one happening at the Mountain America Expo Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Again, happening February 28th through the 29th. Now we've also have uh, we we're talking about some events that the Jeep Talk Show is going to be uh, going to be appearing at here in the in the coming future, including me at the Easter Jeep Safari uh, in Moab, Utah, a little bit later in April. Tony has got some events uh, that he's got going to be uh, be uh, attending here in the very near future as well. Uh, Tony, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what you have coming up in the near future, where you're going to be, and what is happening?
3: Absolutely, this is kind of freaky in it. We're we're all getting out and going some places. Tammy's been doing it for years, but uh, now the rest of the uh, the, the the members are, are getting out. So I'm going to be at the Gilman Jeep Dealership event on February the eighth. Uh, we'll have more information about that uh, and talking more about it as we get closer to the event. But we'll also always check out JeepTalkShow.com/slash/contact uh, and our show notes for uh, detailed information. And uh, then in March I'll be at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. And now both of these are the second annual events. So if you want to keep seeing Jeep events in the Houston area, get out and support these shows. So you'll be able to come out, uh, see, uh, see me, and more importantly, touch my red Jeep on February 8th and uh, the latter part of March. Uh, just uh, great places to go, re- easy to get to, and a great time of year to actually get out. It's not, it, it's not hot yet. Uh, and, uh, so, and, and both these events had great turnouts last year. So uh, I think there'll be a lot to
0: see. Tony, I'm glad you brought up the point about uh, asking a Jeeper whether or not they want to see Jeep events like this happening in their area. Look, if you've got uh, events that are happening in your area, and chances are that you do all the time, you may not know about it. Facebook is a great place to go for that information. Uh, maybe even your local four, uh, four-wheel drive and off-road stores uh, will have things like you know placards, uh, flyers, uh, things like that for upcoming events. Find out about the shows. Attend to the shows. Just support the off-road community in your area. Shows are a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of cool stuff. and get to meet some cool people as well. Uh, and it really always a good time happening. They always have, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, attraction going on, whether it's an obstacle course or a raffle to where you can win stuff. Or a famous person or even live music stuff like that there's generally something for everybody they're a lot of fun so if you've never been to any kind of a, an off-road or a jeep show before it doesn't have to be a big one of these big you know expo center type of events like the one that tony's uh uh, hap- uh appearing at uh, a little bit later in february this is at a dealership uh, much like the ones that i uh, that i do uh, later a little bit later in the summer uh, around here in my area so um if you want to see events you want to see more events uh, coming to your area, by all means, support the ones that are showing up and that are happening, especially the ones that are in their first or second annual, uh, uh, you know, uh, first or second time doing yeah. it, um, where they really need the help and they really need the support. Get out there, get involved, and help support these shows. And the more that we do that, the more that they'll come around and the more fun that we can have. Oh, and I'll
3: mention, oh, oftentimes when people say support, that's a code for spend money. And, no! and, and that's not the case at all. They just no. They just need to be able to say, we had... But uh, you know, 600 Jeeps come out yeah. and, you know, 1,200 people or, you know, they it's just It's all, it's, it's really, the it's all about the numbers Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely it, And that gets the people, the vendors in because now it's worth their time and it gets the Prizes exactly. in because it's now yeah. worth their time So when we say support, all you have to do is take your ass out there and
0: enjoy yourself <laughs> Yeah, really, it's just a matter of just showing up and that's, that's what we're talking about When we say support these kinds of shows Well, for more information like this, for more events like these, and links to all the information that you're looking for, be sure to visit the jeeptalkshow.com website for this episode, and you're going to get all the links and all the information that you need. And that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, hopefully, be sure to spread the word about the show all over your social media feeds by using the hashtag, hashtag JeepTalkShow. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast warning the jeep talk show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be taken seriously if you have taken the jeep talk show too seriously in the recent future or past please consider contacting your local poison control center immediately and listen as they laugh and make fun of you podcasting since
3: 2010
0: did you know there's more Jeep talk show that you're missing I would assume that 200 is gonna be a nice round number I uh, mean there's gonna be thousands of jeepers there I don't know how many of them I'm gonna be able to interact with um, over the course of you know three or four days that I'm there part of me also kind of wants to drop off a couple few stickers uh, with the vendors that I talk to oh, of course uh, and see if they're if they'd be willing to you know have you know a, a little pile of stickers um, um, uh, there to hand out uh, you know as well or if there's goodie bags that they're handing out we can Get some of those in the in there as well. Or, you know, something like that. I, I- to get it, just load the Jeep Talk Show app on your smartphone or tablet.